welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to the fine man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I am your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 84 I am back with my co-host, Antaku What's going on, man? Uh, not much. I'm just watching this Charles Gambino video for like the I've 50th not time. Looked at it yet? I'm gonna either do that after the show. I've heard good things though. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It is. We were talking about him at work. He's been winning I, lately, I, like a lot. <laughs> he, he, the the man is a renaissance man. Who would have thought the dude from Bro Rape? We'd come this far. Yeah, everybody got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta catch up. I haven't even. Um, I'm probably gonna get a Hulu free trial just to watch Atlanta because I've never watched Atlanta, and everybody tells me they think it's a show that I would love. So I might, I might have to it, get the little free trial just so I can watch it. Well, had uh, one of the, the the dude who directed the video, uh, the video, the This Is America mm-hmm. video. And I guess the uh, was it the flying locust Kendrick Lamar. Uh, see me now. It was catch, catch, catch me, yeah. Catch, catch me. me something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the dude who directed uh, those music videos like does a lot of work on the show. Like I think he's he directed a few episodes. So like if you watch this video and you watch that video, and you watch Atlanta, it, it all kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to get that a look. Yeah, Gambino's been out here. He's been. He's been winning in life. Uh, well, the SNL was last night, right? Yep. Uh, like my that's my favorite thing. Like Gambino, like his thing now is just to show up on SNL shirtless <laughs> and stare deadpan at the audience. <laughs> hey man, this this man is he's been killing it in like every field he goes into. This this dude is. He's a part of Star Wars, and he's a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, kind of. Right. So, winning, like he ha- he has checks from all over, and he, he hey man, yeah, that's how you gotta do it. That's how you'll you'll stay around forever. That's Star Wars. Can't wait. Oh, I forgot he's a Lion King. He's Simba. No, it's not. I forgot about that. So, like, even more money. But who's like, your agent? How are you getting? <laughs> like your manager. Like, I hope Star Wars is good because I plan on seeing that my birthday weekend. And I actually initially wasn't really interested in watching it, but it'll be something to do. So that movie better be good. I'm gonna go out of my way to see it. Not it, not to be like a pessimist. I expect it to be good. Why did they just do a Lando Calrissian movie? Well, yeah, like I, I get solos like you know Harrison Ford. Big deal, but like Lando, the story is a lot more interesting. I think former smuggler who became I don't even know what king of a planet. I feel like sometime with all these I don't say reboots, but like 
they're like re-diving into the franchise now. I feel like that can still happen. And I mean, it's, that'd be another yeah, Gambino but, check. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yet again. Well, and he has another 20 years of looking 18, right. so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you got you got between now and then to get that movie shot, get it out of there before he eventually starts aging at the age of like sixty five. <laughs> when he'll get his first wrinkle. Yeah, exactly. But um I guess before we get started, uh shout outs to the top cities that have listened. Um so I'll just run through the top five. Uh number one, Mountain View, California. Number two, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, number three, Houston, Texas. Number four, Buffalo, New York. Um, number five is actually a tie between a lot of different places. So I'll just shout out Miami, Florida, uh, Richmond, Virginia, and Richmond, South Africa. So shout outs to South Africa. This is the first time like most of the top five has been from the United right. States. <laughs> I don't know where, where Egypt's been, man. Where you guys go? Hamburg, Germany was good. Like, I I thought we were boys. You know what though? It's it's probably my fault. Um, the numbers have slipped. I think because we just didn't record the other week, so I watched the Uh, numbers just (laughs) slowly dip and trail off. Um, yeah, we we were gonna record last week. This was my fault because I I didn't. I don't know what it was. I didn't look at what the schedule was. So. For some reason, I thought the Nunez-Pennington card was going to be last week. And then I looked at the schedule and I was like, oh, that doesn't happen for a while. And I was like, oh, well, uh, it's too late. <laughs> so Bellator came and went. And, yeah, I just decided to kind of take a week off. Um, but it's cool. I mean, if, let's be real. If we, if we really sat there and talked yeah, about Bellator. Wasn't <laughs> wasn't a whole lot to 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 go about. Um, yeah, we we would have actually got to the point of yeah, just bitching, yeah. which which we might do today. But, but at least we'll it'll, there'll be some there'll, there'll be more content to you know complain about than other than Bellator, which lasted like a full twenty minutes because um, like every fight was a finish. <laughs> yeah. Every fight was a first yeah. round. Finish. I mean, which is great. I'm not going to complain because you know, Lord. I mean, I will because that was a three hour card. Oh, see, it was different for me because I watched it on the website the day after, so I didn't have to worry about uh. <laughs> commercials and yeah. I just watched videos, click onto the next, click onto the next. Um, yeah, I heard during the broadcast there were tons of commercials because like everybody was losing so fast, but um. Yeah, so we, we we took the week off, but um, I mean, I, I was still trying to catch up on album reviews, which by the time you guys hear this, this is, I think I said episode 84, I'll be recording 85, <laughs> probably as soon as we finish recording this, to catch up on album reviews, so you can hear me talk about Infinity Wars, um, so that, that'll that'll be a thing, I finished my book, which was a, a big landmark, still not done Finishing the book is half the battle. Um, so yeah, I, I've I've been working this week. I've been doing a lot. But when when's that book of Ryan review um, dropping? I'm gonna try to do that after this one. Um, so by the time you guys hear this, I'll have a review out for Infinity Wars. 
uh, J. Cole, K.O.D., and uh, Obliv <coughs> and Fly Anakin, and then... Hey. Sensei, Sensei. When, when, when is the designer oh, no, that's, album that's, review? Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, how many internet dollars do I have to donate to the to the till to make that happen? Hold up, is that on, is that on Spotify? I, yeah, I me, assume so. Let me see how many tracks this is. See if I would even be willing to give this a listen. I think it's seven. Or I could just be pulling that number out of my ass. I don't know. Oh, no, you're right. Oh. Um, How you wait two years <laughs> to drop an album and it's only seven tracks long? Hey, man. He said I got to get straight to the point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It got one feature on it. It's a song called Tonka. They... Pop it with two eyes. Oh, I guess that's the sound. That's his thing. Everything is two eyes. One of the producers on that song, according to Wikipedia, is just called 16-year-old. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see if the Dishonor episode happens. But, uh... But... They waited two years for that Aesop Rocky feature. <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> but Book, Book of Ryan is... That, that'll, that'll be coming. That'll be coming soon. That's been, that's been getting some... Oh, and Janelle Monae. I never finished listening to that. I listened to like half of it while I was at work. And then I got distracted with work stuff. And I couldn't finish it. Um, But yeah, so we took a week off. But you guys will get two episodes this week. And it'll pre- be pretty much back to uh, regularly scheduled programming. Uh, so before we get to all these fights, um, between <laughs> the last time we recorded and now, um, there has been... A crazy amount of fights like news and stuff that's been going on um so yesterday i i, I was you know i tried to be proactive for once uh, i got all of the notes listed um, none of these are really in order so i'm just gonna kind of breeze through these because there's a lot of them um so i'm just gonna run through just a lot of fight headlines and news of random things that happen and maybe at the end of that we'll just go back and expand on a few of these um but so uh starting at the top um i have Jin Yu frey versus mina grusanda uh adam white title fight at invicta fc 31 uh Lear latifi glover Teixeira will be at ufc hamburg um for anybody who's a fan of one championship they launched an app um so you can download that uh, at your app store um I, br- I browsed through the app it was actually pretty cool they don't have the full um, like catalog up there yet, but they still have like fights and interviews you can watch. So, uh, give that a look. Uh, James Vick versus Paul Felder, UFC Boise. Um, Eddie Alvarez is currently having uh, contract issues. Um, that yeah, I'll we'll, we'll get get on that later. But <laughs> they definitely need to re-sign him. But he's having contract issues right now, so you know how that goes. Uh, Derek Brunson versus Antonio Carlos Jr. at UFC 227. Uh, Will Brooks versus Luis Firmino will be at, I think this is PFL 2. Um, Ray Borg uh, had his fight with Moreno. Uh, that fight got mixed up, so now Ray Borg is fighting uh, Alexandre Pantoja at UFC Chile. Uh, Joanna Young-Jacek versus Tisha Torres at UFC on Fox 
30. Jesus Christ, this list is long. <laughs> Michael Chiesa versus Anthony Pettis. UFC 226. Um, Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, coming to the UFC. Well, he's been in UFC before, right? Was he? I can't remember. But Blagoy uh, it was in Bellator. Oh, yeah, but I forgot. Yeah, Bellator. And World no. Series of Fighting. Well, he's making his UFC debut against JDS at UFC Boise. That's a, a interesting <laughs> matchup. Uh, Saad Awad versus Ryan Couture in Bellator. Don't have what event that is. Um, Israel Adesanya's next opponent will be Brad Tavares. Uh, Gunnar Nelson uh, had to pull out of the Neil Magny fight due to knee injury. Um, do, 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 do. Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens, UFC Calgary, uh, do, do, do. Marcin Tabora and Stefan Struve, UFC Hamburg, <laughs> Damian Maya, uh, will be stepping in and fighting, uh, Usman at UFC Chile, um, John Dotson is also having, I guess, contract issues, his negotiations have stalled, I think technically he's a free agent, but I believe he wants to come back, but you, you know how that goes, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Mark Diakesi and Nazrat Hot Parath at UFC Hamburg. Uh, Nick Newell will be finally getting his chance to, you know, get some shine. He will be on Dana White Fight Contender Series. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, rumblings of Dan Hardy, who wants one more, may want one more fight. Um, I'm not sure if he's floated any names out there, but you know that that might be a thing. Uh, Leslie Smith <laughs> continues her beef with the UFC. Uh, she has filed a complaint against the UFC with the National Labor Relations Board, uh, which has a lot to do with, well, I, I guess her argument with Project Spearhead. Of course, the UFC sees it different, so that'll probably be an ongoing battle. Uh, Max Griffin versus Curtis Melinder at UFC 226. And the last fight announcement I have listed is Peter Yan will be making his UFC debut, coming over from ACB against Teruto Ishihara. Whew. All right, that was a lot. Um, so let me go back real quick. Uh, what do you think of the Adesanya uh, Tavares matchup? Yeah, Joe, I think it was the last time Joe was on here, but you know, he said something about the UFC making sure nobody ever gets over them on them again, like Connor did. And this is kind of just reminds me of like that, where like they 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 just want him to lose, or or they don't care if he loses. They're just going to give him the tough fight to see if he's ready. So, um, crap. What was the dude's name? He just beat. It was it was it Marvin Vittori? Yeah. No. So, Alessandro almost lost to Marvin Vittori. Brad Tavares is a lot better than Marvin Vittori. And uh, I see a three-round grind fest, whether that be against the cage or on the ground in Adesanya's future. Um, maybe he's special and he just breaks through, but I, I don't like the matchup yeah, for him. This, this, this is going to be a tough out. Um, I think he can win the fight. I, I wouldn't pick him as a favorite <laughs> yeah yeah because like he, he is a specialist at yeah. something like if you're a specialist like you always got that thing in your pocket because uh, so. I, I think with him like uh, i think a lot of people when this fight got announced 
we just had visions of Tavares <laughs> just like like you said grind against the cage or just take him down and kind of beat him up because that's obviously like the one area of Adesanya's game that that still needs work but on the same token Tavares isn't like out here blasting Olympic double legs on everybody he fights so I mean I think there'll be a there'll be a portion of this fight that stays on the feet that Adesanya will have moments to take advantage of um but I mean Tavares can crack too so I don't know, man. It's, it's a big, it's a big leap. And then I also was wondering, like, even if let's say Adesanya does win, if you beat Tavares, you can't go back after that. Like, you can't fight Tavares and then go back to fighting like the Vittorias of the world. No disrespect to him, but you know, like, like right, right. right. So now you're now you're really in with the Sharks, and. Derek Brunson is in your immediate right. future. And those fights, once you start getting to those guys. Um. Yeah, like we, <laughs> we we might end up, you know, he he might have a great showing against Tavares, and he could easily get mauled in whatever his next opponent is if he's, you know, making his way down that top fifteen ladder. So I don't know, man. That's ugh. I mean, I, I'm I'm root as a fan, I'm rooting for him, but the road is it's, it's not about to get easy. But we'll 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 see how that right. that fight goes. Um, not a fight that I want to. Not to cut you off or anything, but did we say? Do we announce that the next tough season will be heavyweights and women's featherweight? Oh no, I didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's a thing. So the UFC is planning. I'm not sure if they're like they're gonna keep everybody they signed to like the women's featherweight tough. I'm I'm not sure if just like or if it's just gonna be like the winner gets to fight cyborg and die. <laughs> But, like, I, I spent, like, the last couple of days trying to f- come together with, like, uh, 16 women uh, who the UFC could theoretically sign to be on tough. Um, I got to 12. So, you know, that's you something. Start. And, I, I, you know, some of these are women who are like, yeah, I'm definitely trying out. Some of them are like, yeah, I just need to find a place in Vegas. Some of them don't have social media, so I can't freaking tell. Um, some of them age or like their records probably uh well because you know the thing is you have to be like 21 to 34 and you have to have at least like three uh three fights you know some of them don't even have that but you know that but point b there they could field uh an eight woman field basically I, i think they can do that so you know just throwing that out there well at least i'm glad that shows their Showing some interest in building 45, like somewhat. So yeah, I mean you can't have a division with like three fighters. So, hey man, you're... I mean that's being generous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we got to start somewhere. Any at this point, any step is is progress, and in that division, in terms of just finding some bodies. I mean, hopefully they're of quality, you know, but. Yeah, it, it's something. It's it's something. But I'm I'm glad they're doing that. And please, I hope we can get a good heavyweight out of. <laughs> Just give me one. Just give I, me one. We'll probably get like a couple like decent ones that'll stick around for a while. But like, I don't like tough for heavyweights because it just leads to bad fights. And. Uh, 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 like you, you're really not gonna build somebody's stock having them look bad on TV. 
three times <laughs> before they're in the UFC. Oh boy, we'll we'll see. Oh, those might be some uh, uh, entertaining fights. Unless they're just like a buzzsaw. Yeah. I... And wrecking ball and dudes and shit. Maybe they should get those super heavyweights I saw when I went to the fights the other week. <laughs> grab grab one of those guys and throw them down there. Get get Baruto. Here, what is his name? The sumo dude. Sure, grab Puds. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that's that's the thing. So that that'll be cool. Well, I guess sticking on that. Um, I'm glad Nick Newell's getting his chance on the Contender Series. I hope that that works out well for him. Um, I mean, only loss to Justin Gaethje. That's nothing to be ashamed of. So I, I hope he has some some solid showings. Um. Do you think there's a, a possibility that the UFC doesn't get this right with Eddie Alvarez? Um, he's coming back. I mean, he's coming back. I I, I think the real hang-up is the Poirier fight, and he just really wants a title shot. And Eddie's never not been a guy of the politic. Like you go back to his belt career, where he's like, yo, <clears> oh, <throat> wait, I'm signing back. Or, you know, he basically he basically lawyered himself out of his contract. Because I'm pretty sure he had one fight left, right? Something like that, yeah. They had a, yeah, they had a nice ongoing feud the, before the, he he finally left. But that was with Bjorn, though, because I think they finally let him go with Colbert uh, took over. But, um, like, there's a dude who left with the title who still <laughs> had a fight on his contract. Like... It, Eddie Alvarez knows the game. Um, yeah, I mean, is there a chance they don't get it right? I mean, sure, but, like, what else does Eddie do? Does he go fight in Japan? I- I'm not sure that Bellator is going to, like, welcome him back with open arms yeah, after he left. I think that door probably closed. I mean, go to, I mean, Robin's pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, but like, how how much do you think Darren Crookshank is yeah. getting paid? That, and I don't know how active he would like be over there. I mean, maybe we get some of that PFL money, you know. I mean, we get, and in all honesty, we just end up seeing him murder Takanori Gomi. Yeah, I know nobody because that that's the way Ryzen makes fights, <laughs> and, and we don't need to see that. Uh, none of us need to. None, none of us need to watch that. But I, I hope I hope they definitely hope they yeah. sign him back. Like. He's just lightweight, and I hope yeah, they do you, too. You need guys like but... that. Like he's, he's he's giving you a fun out like literally every time. Oh, all right, not literally. His first couple yeah. fights were kind of it, but lately he's been he's been on fire. So. But um, lightweight's a fucking clusterfuck, man. The top of that yeah. division, like Khabib. God only knows if he's going to make weight the next time he defends his <laughs> title. He, he literally might just lose the belt on the scale. Like, McGregor is apparently just coked out of his mind. Tony uh, Ferguson is one workout away from just never being able to walk again. <laughs> Eddie Alvarez's con- his contract is up in the air, and the only one ready to go is Dustin Poirier. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Lightweight is... Yeah, that division's gotten real weird lately. I mean, all the talent's still there, but just a lot of a lot of strange. I mean, happening. it's all top yeah. down. It's 
Top down. Well, we'll see though. Let's. I hope they bring Eddie back. Um. <laughs> Bogoy Ivanov and Junior Dos Santos. Bogoy. This fight almost scares me. I mean, a couple years ago, I wouldn't even have thought about this. Like, JDS, about whatever he feels like doing when he woke up that day. But I don't know, man. JDS has been a little... He's been a little wishy-washy lately. Well, you, I mean, you say that, but, well, I guess, but, like... It's been a weird, like, few years for JDS since, I guess, 2014. Because that that's when he started doing the I only fight once a year thing. Because he didn't fight. He, his last fight was in May of last year. I can't blame him. Like, dude, uh, the Rothwell fight, he probably could have turned around from that quicker. But, like, you, you go whenever he fights yeah, a you war. Gotta, you got to slow it down. Yeah, um, like, I, I really don't know, because, like, Bogoy's strength is that he's a wrestler, and that's not really the thing that is, you know, messed with JDS in the past, uh, but JDS is much more, like, pressure fighters who can put him to the, his back to the cage and then bomb on him, or in the case of Overeem, who's just, who was, who was at that point just legitimately way faster on the feet than JDS was, like, you know, Jay's kind of a plotter at the he's always kind of been a plotter, but like even for heavyweight standards, he's not he does it the quickest feet. Um, coming forward. Um, like I, I don't know what this fight looks like. Like is JD like it's pretty clear that JDS is physically deteriorating. I don't know if that means his wrestling game will just be like not there anymore. So I'm gonna pick JDS maybe by um, decision. I'm, I'm not sure if his power is really all there anymore either. Like he hasn't knocked. The last person he knocked out was Mark Hunt, and that was five years ago. Uh-huh. Granted, he's fought Velasquez, Miocic, uh, Schweitz, Overeem, and Ben Rothwell in that time span. But like. I, even the Rothwell fight, I don't even I don't remember like a moment where like, oh shit, Rothwell's like two seconds away from being knocked out. Yeah, I think he tagged him a few good times, but yeah, I don't I don't think he I don't remember if he was literally about like about to put him out. But I don't know. I just thought that was a real interesting matchup. I mean I'm still gonna pick JDS. I think he just has more ways to win. Um and yeah. but Gordon's not a big heavyweight like, either. He is five eleven. This is that's what <laughs> so I think JDS just has a lot working in his favor, but like somehow, I, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Bagoy found a way to, I don't know, he he he, I don't know, like I I could just somehow see an upset happening, but right, like yeah, I, I can see him catching him right. over the top, but like the punches that Overeem and Myotis landed to knock, like. Uh, JDS out had literally all their body weight right. behind it. Like the the right hand Stipe landed was a freaking cannon shot, and I'm like, does Bagoy have that in him? But at the same time, is like, does 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 he even need that at this point right. for JDS? We'll so. see though. We'll we'll see. 
So, um, oh, and I did <clears> real quick. One, uh, what other fight was that? Is it, uh, Kayla Harrison fight? No, I don't have that listed. Oh, uh, two-time Olympic gold medalist Kayla Harrison makes her debut against Brittany Elkin at PFL 2. The PFL. I mean, she's been with them. She's been doing commentary with them. It's just... I'm curious what she looks like when she actually gets in the cage, because... Like, Ronda was, like, the perfect athlete to be the first legitimate, like, woman superstar. Like, for all her mental faults and all her technical faults as a striker, that, you know... Um, she was, like, legitimate, like, a quick twitch, legitimately powerful in the clinch, like, strong athlete with punching power. I'm wondering if Kayla Harrison's going to kind of look like Satoshi Ishii. Where, like, you know, lumbering, uh, a little bit more bulky and stuff like that. Has PFL had any women fight? Um, yeah, they had Jack. Oh, yeah, 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 was the champion. That seems so long ago. I mean, it was a long ass time ago. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that. At, this is back when they were the World Series yeah. of Fighting. But um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, that that's interesting. Uh, the Joanna and Jacek fight, uh, Tisha Torres. That's a really interesting yeah, one. Yeah, that. <clears throat> I yeah. that one's hard for me. I want the fan of me wants to pick Torres. But my God, that's a hard two fight stretch to go from Andrade to <laughs> to Young Jacek, and I get it, Young Jacek's coming off a loss, but I don't know. I think Torres can win this, but it's it's not gonna be easy though. It won't. Nah, be easy. yeah. Like Torres was always an interesting like a pointer for Joanna. Uh, I don't think she's as good as a striker, but her style of striking is just. Uh, I, I, don't, I just like there's something about that I, I can see frustrating Joanna, but since she's added, uh, since she's brought back the leg kick to her game, like I, I can see her just chewing up Torres's legs. I almost feel like this might go like the Andrade fight. Like she'll make it competitive in like the first round. And then maybe eventually just she might just kind of get overwhelmed. Like it might just be too much. Right, right. right. But, um, one thing she has working for her is Joanna hasn't fought in a three-round fight in forever. Yeah, so if you can still, if you can still around here there, might be enough to eke you out just like a really, really close decision. But yeah, that's, that's going to be a good fight. Right. Though. That's going to be a, that's going to be a good one. Um... I guess the last thing, if you even have any thoughts, um, how do you think this Leslie Smith situation is gonna gonna fold out? Uh, probably not in her favor, but I'm wishing her the best of luck. Yes, from from what I've read, like I don't think the UFC's even like responded yet to. Well, I guess like her her. Complaint. I mean, yeah. Why would they? <laughs> because. And I, I guess for to explain to people who don't know, so I, I guess her her issue is that she's saying that the UFC basically, um, like the sixty two grand they paid her, 
basically she's I guess she's trying to say like they lowballed her, like they just paid her off to get her out of here, and it's because that she's with Project Spearhead and that she's kind of like going against them. I don't know how you prove that in a court of law. Um, right. And I think that's the one thing that she's gonna have an uphill battle with is because because it, it, I feel like the UFC can kind of easily just say like you know, your contract was up and we're not obligated to resign you. So here's your 62 grand, you know, shoo, <laughs> like, right. get out of here. And yeah, like the, the, the I, I want to root for her. I mean, I am rooting for her. I'm all, I always go against the man. So <laughs> root for anybody who's, who's trying to take the man down. But in a court of law, yes, it's mm-hmm. going to be, I'll be interested to hear like how, how they're going to present their, argument how that's gonna go over but yeah i don't know i don't know she got an uphill battle but uh, yeah, I, I, I wish her the best though i definitely wish her the best but um all right so let's 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 get to some of these fights so wh- where do we even want to start um let's go back a week oh all right to, to florida <laughs> the weirdest thing <laughs> The worst state, but the best state for uh, for nonsense fighting. Oh, man. Um, oh, God. My screen just froze. Right. So which Florida court do you want to start with? Um, I mean... Oh, my God. My screen froze. Um, I, I'd like to point out um, UFC... Oh, yeah. No, this, I, I'll, I'll spring this up when we decide which one we start with. Because we can I mean, we're not really going to talk about you know, fights on either of these cards. Um, but we, we will talk about the fact that they happened. Oh, snap. Pull up. Which Florida ones? Because oh, my screen froze. Um, Mr. Suave versus the Spartan. Or Boss Root in uh, Brazil's Backyard Karate Fighting uh, Volume. I see. I, I, since I didn't see these... <laughs> I have to let you. I have to let you fill me in on. But like I said, I didn't watch the camps of the legends card because I was not giving my porn site uh, a porn site my email address. <laughs> so you know, instant no. But I feel it's very important that we bring up that it happened. Oh yeah, this is definitely. This is a MMA innovation at its finest. Or worse, however you want to look at it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's great. Because apparently during the card, you were allowed to tip fighters whatever amount you wanted. Um, Because again, camp, uh, for those who don't know, and let's be honest, you all know, uh, Cam Soda is a... Um, I was going to say a Cam Girl site, but that seems unfair because I'm sure they have Cam guys. I'm sure that's a thing to somebody, right? Yeah. <laughs> they are a well, just for brevity they are a cam girl site and, uh, and uh, they decided to hold an MMA card and one of the features of such a site I assume is that you're allowed to tip the girl so they're like why don't we just make that for the fighters instead of like them getting sponsors and um one of the fighters, which one was it? It was Mr. Carl Darbuse had the pleasure of having to read his sponsor 
um, <clears throat> uh, who sponsored, uh, who paid the most amount in tips, I guess, who is a man by the name, uh, or woman, I don't know, by the name of I Have Huge Titties. <laughs> and that's the level of classiness we're dealing with on, uh, on the Camp Soda's Legend card. Um, Mr. Charles Felony slash Crazy Horse Bennett fought on the card and lost. Um, and then, you know, UFC reject and all-around terrible person Alex Nicholson fought on the card. He fought Rico uh, Rodriguez and won, sadly. But it led to the greatest post-fight interview ever. <laughs> Which we just watched. Yes. <laughs> right before and, we and, <clears throat> Um, I'm, that wasn't Charles Rosa, who's listed as the, uh, the, what you call it, the, uh, one of the TV announcers. So I'm, assu- I'm assuming that other guy was, a uh, Jay Adams, who I am sure was very, very low in his bottle, you know, drinking there at, like, uh, ringside during the, during the fights. Because there's no way he was sober when he did that. <laughs> In which he goes on a curse-ridden rant, complaining to the UFC that Alex Nicholson isn't back in the UFC. (laughs) What was his words exactly? It's fucking bullshit. (laughs) Imploring both the live audience, who I can't even imagine who goes to an MMA card... Promoted by a porn site. You know I would, but I don't live in Florida, so. Oh, man. But he implored the audience to get on social media and tweet at Dana White in the UFC to let Alex Nicholson back in the UFC. And um, all I can imagine is, like, Dana White, like, getting a tweet at, like, 2.30 in the morning from a handle that is just like, I have huge t- <laughs> Being like, go Alice Nicholson back in, you fuck. Oh, man. This this sport has come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But we also have in Florida because, you know, you can't have just one crazy fight night in Florida. Yeah. If it's gonna be crazy, you got you got to spread the glove. Um, I don't know who's who the actual sponsor is, so I'm gonna just keep saying. Boss Rutten held the karate card in MMA gloves in a shipyard under a bridge in Florida. Um, all you really need to know is 900 people watched it live. <laughs> And I don't mean like in person. Like in person, it was probably like fifty to a hundred people. I mean like on the YouTube stream that they posted. Like nine hundred people watched it live. Um, all the fighters were wearing gi pants and uh, like MMA gloves. So what? And the way they they were brought to the um. Oh, I didn't even mention this. It was fought in a pit. <laughs> so you know. Welcome back, pit fighting to uh to the combat sp- uh, sports world. We very much miss you. R uh, R I P B K B. If you know they're, they're not around anymore, um. But 
they closed off this entire street so that these uh, these karate dudes could be drive uh, dro- driven down the street. And what were those like black Rolls Royces or like I couldn't even make out what what type of car they were. Like these really nice ass cars, and they're driving down the street at like two miles an hour. Obviously, nobody's putting their foot in the gas. <laughs> and then they pull up to like these Lamborghinis, stop, and let the fighters out. And they're just dudes in gi pants <laughs> and MMA gloves. That is, except for the one man who, um, who again, this is a shipyard or. <clears throat> Or the, the, so you know, there's a river right there. So he decided, you know what, I'm gonna roll in on a boat. And so he rolled in on a boat. Hey man, and I'm like, style points for entrance. <laughs> exactly. That that gets you a ten nine early. Yeah, it was the pit reminded me of like an old John Claude Van Damme movie. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever. God, what was the name of that old movie? I think it was Lionheart with John Claude Van Damme. It, it, that setup, no idea. It, setup reminded me of that. Um, but I'm... Uh, uh, and uh, I'm just gonna put this out there: if Bellator had spines, this is how Dada Five Thousand versus Kimbo Slice <laughs> would have happened. But they're cowards. <laughs> I mean, though, to to their credit. <laughs> the fighters were actually pretty good. The were. Oh yeah, like they, yeah. they were. And the, this is the best part about it. Half of these guys were legit karate world champions. Yeah, like dudes were. Like yeah. Like they they would bring up the resumes and he's like, oh, this guy's a Pan Am champion who is like a, you know, a trainer of karate on the Dominican Republic military <laughs> team or whatever. And I'm like, goddamn. He's fighting in a shipyard. <laughs> I, I loved it actually, and if I mean, if you guys want to watch, uh, I think the event was called yeah, Karate Combat Inception. Yes, and it's still up. And I'm yeah, they have it. They, they have it on YouTube. Now. Like you can watch. I think like the whole card on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. So just type. It's a ama- it's, it's the amazing. fights are really good. Like it's just the setup oh, yeah. is. It's, it's it's different. <laughs> there is literally a shipping container in the background. <laughs> That they spray painted, uh, well, I'm not sure if they spray painted or like they, you know, they got professional work done. Uh, karate combat on the side of it, and there are people sitting on top of it. It's a bit <laughs> just to to paint the picture. So this event is invite only. So just imagine, I guess, a, a bunch of rich people who is probably some rich guy who just invited all of his rich friends, and we're just gonna gather around this random pit and we're gonna watch people do karate. To the highest level, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of dudes in button-up shirts and like suits, just sitting around staring at these dudes <laughs> in the cage, and, and then like every once in a while, this is random dudes in like a Reebok shirt. <laughs> it's dope though. Like I I I watched. I don't remember which card I, I watched, but like the event was pretty dope. Like the fights were really good. Um, the rule set's kind of interesting because it literally is like karate mixed with MMA. Like, you're allowed to do ground strikes, but I think it's only for, like, a few seconds before they stand you back up. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's different. But I, I, I'm a fan. I'm, whenever the next event is, I'm watching. It's, 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 it's a nice alternative. <laughs> I, I hope they... I, I wonder, though, like, is the pit ever going to expand? Or are we going to change that background? 
The bishop is smaller. <laughs> That's my take. Uh, I mean, this whole entire event is about forced engagements. Let's make the pit like, like how they do bare knuckle boxing, <laughs> where like they just set up hay barrels like two feet away from each other, and that's the ring. Hey man, yeah, yeah, you force some some more sleepages. I mean, and somebody, I, I I wish I don't have any of the fighters' names, but there were some people getting slept. There was um, one one guy got blasted with like a right hand or something. There were there were some people getting knocked out though. It, yeah, you guys should go watch though. Karate Combat, uh, Inception. Go watch a John claude Van Damme movie come to life and then be amazed. I like how their intros were. Their intros were different. It was just it was really weird. It was, it was really different. But like for me it was in a good kind of way. It it was jarring. Yeah, for it. <laughs> but it was it was entertaining. And in fighting that's that's just what you just need something entertaining. Give give people a spectacle. Some some you know something to hold on to. So yeah. That that was the thing. Shout out to Bass Rootin. <laughs> All the rich people who've... I didn't look at the crowd, but I, I just felt like everybody around the, the pit was, like, smug. Like... There was a lot of people who were just not right. <laughs> like, like, nobody there really cared, minus the fighters and their coaches. Yeah. Well, that's just the story behind Florida sports in general. Like, nobody cares. Yeah, I don't think it's just sports. I, I think it's, it's just Florida. No diss to any listeners in Florida. You guys know how... But like this is back when this is, this is the same state where like they had Chris uh, Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James playing on the same team, and they couldn't sell out every night because nobody cared. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, that, that, that was that was a thing. So there are just some bored-looking women sitting on top of that shipping <laughs> container. I gotta go back and just look at the crowd. Next time I go back and rewatch. But shout out to Karate Combat. So something different, some some other kind of fighting you guys can can get behind and support. We haven't even gotten to the real right. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Should I say the stuff that we actually yeah. watched all the way through? Um, do we? You want to save Rising for later, or we want to just breeze through that now real quick and the triple? I mean, I I, I didn't watch. The I mean, we yeah, I only saw what you saw. I sent you the link like right when I woke yeah. up. So um, I guess we'll yeah. we'll do rise and we'll go over the triple G fight because neither of them lasted really long. Um, <laughs> and then we'll well the rising card was all uh, decisions before yeah, we got yeah. to the watch parts it, we so. saw we we only saw two fights. Um, so rising ten went down um, last night or I guess you say early this morning technically. Um, I guess I'll just name off I'll just uh, go through some of the matches and then we'll go through the ones that we actually watched. Um, so. Uh, Kanako Murata uh, won via submission over Lanchana Green. Lord, I cannot pronounce the next guy's name. Jarzino Rosenstruck versus Andre Kovalev. Uh, Rosenstruck won split decision. Uh, Ante Diha and Ricardo Purcell. Uh, Ante won via decision. Ayaka Hamasaki uh, got a decision over Alyssa Garcia. Kei Asakura, or Kai Asakura uh, beat Manel Cape. Uh, via split decision, Darren Crookshank, uh, head kick, Koshi, Matsumoto, the planet, and then flipped them off afterwards. Um, <laughs> Yusuke Yachi got a split decision over Diego Nunez. I have not seen Diego Nunez's name, and I didn't know he was still around, but <laughs> shout outs to, to Yachi, though. Always like watching him fight. Um, Kana Asakura. 
got a decision over Melissa Sophia Karianis. Um, the co-main event was Tension uh, Nasukawa. What was the other guy's name? Um, Yusaku Nakamura. Yeah, they, they don't have. They skipped that fight on sure dog, I guess, because it's a kickboxing fight. Um, mm-hmm. Tension did some tension stuff. Um, <laughs> he, he throws this random rolling thunder, and <laughs> it was so perfect. I was so mad he didn't end the fight with that. I was hoping that would have been the, the, the game ender, but this this kid's wild, man. He just he just does stuff and it just it just works. Um uh Nasukawa got I mean this was a kickboxing fight and this other dude was he did like five takedowns. Cause, um, Cause he's an MMA fighter. <laughs> but um no, like legitimately, he's an. Oh yeah, I assume because his record was—he didn't have a kickboxing record. Like this was his kickboxing debut, and they throw him in with a prodigy, and you can just imagine how that would go. Um, and it, it right, went right. kind of like that. Like tension was blasting this dude with lefts. He dropped him repeatedly. Like I said, he he threw a, just a random rolling thunder, <laughs> caught him with it. Um, and then I think it was the second round he dropped him with a left, and then they they got him out of there. But um. Yeah, t- tension gonna tension. That's um, how that fight went. Uh, right. Yeah, he's he's coming a star for them. Yeah. Like, uh, uh what you call it? Like, I was um, this dude Lucas Bordon on Twitter, a kickboxing fan. He tweeted out like footage of Nasakawa like doing karate when he was, like, five years old, fighting ten-year-olds, like, ten-year-olds or something like that. Like, he was probably older. But, um, he was fighting kids, like, five years older than him, basically. And, like, hitting that rolling thunder on them. Mm. So he's been literally doing this since he came out the womb. Basically. He started when he was, what, five or six or something. Yeah, this kid, like, if you guys have never seen him fight, go, go, go watch him fight. This, this guy is, he, he's different. <laughs> he's he's definitely different. Um, like um, imagine some like a nineteen year old coming out and beating like um, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of like an MMA equivalent for like Sukum Sitsor Thortai. Like um, maybe imagine a nineteen year old coming out like beating Chris Weidman or something like that. Like and he did that. He beat a former world champion boxer, granted it was in kickboxing, when he was like 16 years old. Yeah. Unheard of. And like he, like technique-wise, dude is just super clean. He he manages to land these crazy strikes, but like he knows like the perfect distance to pull them off at. It's it's crazy to watch. Um, so yeah, that that, that those are the fights we woke up on. Uh, and the main event. <laughs> Poor Ian McCall, man. First, the man gets injured like eighty thousand times, and like just seems to never be able to get into a fight. Um, we finally get the McCall Horiguchi fight, which I'm pretty sure if anybody's been keeping an eye on Ryzen, like this is a fight we all eventually wanted to see. And we get the fight, and my God, it ends in one punch. Um, I don't remember the exact time. <laughs> this fight couldn't have went more than like twenty seconds. Like, literally, they touch gloves, they bounce... It was nine seconds. Oh, my God. (laughs) They touch gloves. They bounced around for a little bit. McCall um, 
he threw a straight. I wanted. I think he threw a straight right, and left. he threw a straight left, and Horiguchi countered him, and um, with a left left, uh, left hook of his own. Lights. Uh, well, he dropped him. I think he landed like one ground and pound hit. Um, McCall. And the ref. Yeah, ref yeah. And he proceeded to grab the ref instead of Horiguchi, which kind of let you know he he was out of there, and that was it. Like. That was that was it. <laughs> that was the whole fight. Yeah. Oh man, that that's. I can't believe the UFC just nope. let him out. Like he's. Right. Dude, like. Emma call like is if you ever want like. If you ever want a perfect example of why you don't become a fighter, Emma calls life is pretty much that. Like, there's a dude who had to like take a, a break from fighting and like. 2011, 2012, because he got addicted to Oxycontin. I'm assuming from the, 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 you know, from doing it for like between fights because his body was hurting. Now, this was WEC, so it would have been like 2007, 2008. Um, the uh, dude's wife cheats on him with a fellow fighter. Um, that leads to like a fight where I think he got hurt. And he had to take time off and fight for that. Um, his best friend ends up dying. Uh, Shane Del Rosario. Um, and then because of all that prior... I, I'm assuming it's at least in part because of all the prior drug use. Like his body just starts failing at him on him as soon as he hits 30. And like he just can't make fight dates anymore. So, you know... You could be, like, the, the real, tra- the, well, not the real tragedy, but the tragedy of it all is, like, he's a really good fighter. Right, like, at one point, like, this, he was, was he, he wasn't ranked number one. He was, like, top, he was, like, top three flyweights, like, in the world. But, but when the U, before the UFC introduced the division, he was considered the number one flyweight on the planet. And some would argue that he beat DJ in that <clears throat> Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, he just can't seem to catch a break. And, but on the other hand, Horiguchi is just dude. Post, his post UFC fight career has just been him starching people, and, and become and like becoming a bigger star outside the UFC in Japan, like than he ever probably could have become in the UFC, even if he had beaten DJ. Because yeah, we know, we know how the UFC and promotion works or, or doesn't work <laughs> uh, uh, if we're being real dj dj's deal with reebok uh, not dj uh, horiguchi's deal with reebok is probably better than anybody in the ufc now named conor mcgregor yeah, he's he's winning so i don't know maybe i mean as a, as a fan it, it sucks to see him not be in the ufc because okay. I, I believe he could easily still hang with all of the top guys in the ufc but, uh, i think the only tough fights for him are cejudo and dj right Everybody else, he probably starts is fairly easy. But, hey, man, if he's over there, everything seems to be working out. And I assume, I hopefully, he's getting paid pretty pretty handsomely over there. So, hey, man, get get your money. <laughs> keep keep starching people, putting on exciting fights. Um, so, yeah, shout, shout out to Horiguchi, man. Dude, dude is an, an, an animal, to, to say the least. Um, you want to get into the Triple G mm-hmm. fight real quick? Uh... Sure. Uh, Varnas Vanus, Vanus Marta uh, 
Sorry, I always have to look at his name to pronounce it right. Vanes Martir... I can't pronounce it. I had it this morning when I was watching it, and now I can't say it. Point is, Vanes let Edmund Tarverdian down. <laughs> um, got knocked out inside the second round by uh, Gennady Glovkin. Actually hurt him in the first round. Yeah, like his his. I feel like the first round was Triple G kind of like feeling him out, and Vanas cracked him. He he gave him he gave him one of them wake up shots that was like I'm here, like I'm I'm actually here to fight. Like you're not gonna run through me. Um. So yeah, he he gave he gave Triple G a, a couple good shots in that first round, and then the uh, second round, uh, Triple G decided that okay, I guess this is actually a fight. Let me stop playing around. And you know, you know how. To... And then he just machine gunned a bunch of punches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I felt bad for Vonis, man. Like he 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 has this pretty solid first round. It's like, all right, we're in the fourth fight. Like this, maybe this will be something interesting. And then Triple G, uh, like you said, he just machine guns and just pummels poor guy. Um, yeah, he got him out of there. Second round KO. I was thinking right after this fight. Uh, when is the last time somebody from Edmonds Gym has won a fight? Uh, that's a good question. Was the uh, I don't know the, the the did Victor Chinian win his last fight? Like I swear to God, uh, Edmonds is send is sending like Armenian boxing back like thirty years. <laughs> Because all these dudes are like, oh, this guy's like a big trainer. He's Armenian. We, you know, we got to be loyal to our dude. And then, like, they go work with him, and then they lose. And in all fairness, Vanus could go train with anybody. He probably would have lost his fight just as bad. But, like, uh, like, not a good look. Yeah, not a good look. Oh, and also of note, on the same card... Uh, on the, uh, oh, God, I don't have it in front of me. Um, did you... Co-main event. Uh, Cecilia Brakes fought with Callie Race. It was the first HBO, uh, televised women's bout ever. Um, so, you know, HBO trying to cash in on the fact that, uh, Showtime's out here putting on, you know, uh, not just putting on, but like main eventing with women's bouts. Like, Carissa Shields already main evented two or three cards on her own. Uh, yeah, but um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, Breakus, um defends by decision. <clears throat> um, it was actually probably the most competitive fight of her career. Uh, Kelly Rice's uh, women's, what was it? Is it super welterweight or junior middleweight, or is it doesn't matter? For boxing, I say it doesn't matter because there's eight thousand weight classes, and I don't know any of them. <laughs> right, but uh, like Kylie Race is somebody who's fought as high as like for the middleweight title, so she came down and uh, she managed to drop breakers, uh, breakout. Some I can't remember what round it was. The seventh round. Uh, she dropped her in the seventh round after a uh, breakout got to early, early, uh, wide lead. Um, she, uh, breakout recovered, um, proceeded to, you know, box her up, stopped, like, punching with her, 
and you know, try to out, actually outbox her. Um, I want to say race landed. Uh, race landed one more big punch. Um, that rocked her, but uh, she was able to capitalize and get the win, or you know, another knockdown. So, um, big moment for Breakhouse. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you heard any of the, like the drama surrounding like the making of this fight, uh-huh. but. They wanted, um, uh, well, not making of this fight, but like I guess like in Breakhouse's career in general, um, with the fight that HBO wants is Layla MacArthur, uh, McCarter versus uh, Breakhouse, and they want they wanted to pay both of them like five hundred thousand dollars for the fight, so they could be on HBO. But I think Breakhouse's team was like, no, we want a million dollars for that fight. And McCarter's team is just like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, this is to be the big, like, five hundred thousand will be like the biggest payday of their career. Like, why, why, why won't they just take the damn fight? So, like, that's a little bit of drama going on around with this one. Yeah, trying to cash out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's thirty-six. She probably doesn't want to. I'm gonna assume that she doesn't want to do this forever. Get that million dollar payday and you know coast off into the sunset. Or maybe you can maybe you do right. a few more after that. But, you know everybody's chasing the mill. Yeah, exactly. And where it is, she wants to fight Clarissa Shields. Wants, you know, I'm not sure if that's just bolster or whatever. Uh, a fight between uh, uh, like Walter Weight and what was it? Kate Taylor's a lightweight, so. That's a fight I heard that, you know, Katie Taylor's team eventually wants to get. Again, like, lightweight's like, what, 135? So she would have to jump up, like, 12 uh, pounds to divisions to, to get it. So I, I doubt that's happening, but, you know, you can always hope. Oh, no, that's 130. Oh, yeah, 135 pounds. So, who knows? Yeah. There are fights for breakout. Point being, there's fights for breakouts moving forward, and that makes me happy. Pair the mill. <laughs> Pair the mill, man. Yeah. Give, give her that money. Um, yeah, I, I gotta go back and watch the fight. I heard it was really good, but uh, I caught like the very, very tail end of it. Um, and uh, also of note on that same card, <laughs> Nam fan uh, lost a decision to Brian Sabalo. For if you can't knock Nam Fam out in 2018, you should just give up on your dreams of being a champion. <laughs> well, I mean, on the scorecards, he won 40-36. That don't matter. <laughs> I mean, come on, like, I'm not trying to be mean or not, but like, the last time we saw Nam Fam, I can't even literally what? remember the last time I saw Nam Fam. He was getting his ass handed to him in Bellator. If I remember correctly. That sounds about right. <laughs> um, yeah, he got knocked out by Mike Richmond in like 40 seconds. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. And then he went... He, I mean, he fought after that. He went to Japan, uh, fought on an ACB card in England. But, like, they, they were all by submission, so I guess that wasn't as taxing on his chin. Ugh. Well, this anti-main fight went four rounds, but I didn't see it, so... Who knows? Point being, 
Like, this man was punch drunk when he left the UFC. And that was all four years. Yeah, it was over four years ago now. Oh. If I can find that fight online, I'll, I'll go look at it. See if he see if he caught the pause. See how bad it was. Um, but, yeah, that, that fight happened. Um, so, yeah, I guess those were pretty much all the other main fights. I mean, there, there was a lot going on between now and then. We literally don't even have time to cover everything, but... Um, those are kind of like the biggest happenings that have gone since then. Uh, so, do we want to start with Bellator or we want to start with Invicta? Uh, real quick note: John McCarthy was one of the uh, the judges for that fight. Oh, for the Nan fan Brian, yeah, I know he did judging for well at all actually. I think that's good though. I think it's good he does does judging. He's a half decent. Yeah. He's a half decent commentator. I'm pretty sure he's pretty decent at judging. Mm. Better, better, right. better than birds. <laughs> See. Oh man. Um. I guess I don't know. If we go through Bellator, we we can kind of breeze through this. Um, I mean, a Bellator summary: all the jujitsu guys won. All right. <laughs> um. And then Fedor pulled one out of us. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> just a quick breeze. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> just a quick breeze through. <laughs> yeah, Fedor, main event, Fedor versus Frank Mir. Uh, Frank Mir started off okay. He, he dropped Fedor, I think, with like a right. They got back to their feet. He... And then Fedor immediately hit like a hip toss. Right. <laughs> hip tosses Frank Mir. They end up back on the feet. Mir starts getting a little, a little careless. He gets caught with a left. Uh, immediately gets floored. Catch some ground and pound. That's that's out. That's that's over. You know, Fedor gets his first win in like I don't know how long, but you know, last emperor. Since he beat Jadeep Singh. Oof. But. No, he beat Fabio Maldonado. Beat. Beat. <laughs> he beat. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's only fought, like, since he unretired, which would be, yeah, in 2015, he's only fought four times, and he's three and one, three and one in that span now. So good on him. Like, we, yeah, we remember the Matt Mitrione fight poorly, but. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. I was in the theater for that. That was the saddest and happiest moment of my life at the same time. <laughs> There was a moment Fedor proved he could still hang. Right. And, and get hung somehow. I, it, it was That fight was so bizarre. But, yeah. So, Fedor got Frank Mir out of here. So, he fights Chael Sonnen next uh, in this quote-unquote heavyweight tournament. That, that should be interesting. <laughs> um, co-main event. Side note. Side, side note. Side note. Um, so, Bellator has a... like I think we talked about this before, but Bellator decides to play on a Grand Prix. For heavyweight, right? What possessed them to put the four light heavyweights against each other in the first round? Or I should say, the three, uh, two, uh, two of the three light heavyweights against each other, and then one middleweight and one light heavyweight against each other. See, I'm I, I'm gonna say, and this is me trying to make sense of Bellator logic, which nobody should do, but. <laughs> You don't want to put the light heavyweights against all the heavyweights because you want to ensure that a light heavyweight makes it to the semifinals. 
Because you want chaos. Mm. If you're Bellator, you want chaos. I, I, I don't remember who I was talking. I think I was talking to my friend Davon about this. Because he was, uh, he was telling me, he was like, could you imagine if, like, somehow Chael won this whole thing, like, Bellator would, like, fall apart? And I was like, no. Bellator wants Chael to win. Bellator needs chaos. They need anything to just bring attention. Chael winning might be the best thing for them. Because it's going to get people to look. We all know it's terrible. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it brings eyes. It brings attention. So you want to make sure that one of these light heavyweights makes it to the finals. And I'm I'm already calling it. Whoever, in my eyes, whoever wins between Bader and King Mo, I have winning the whole tournament. Because I just think that's how Bellator goes. It's just so weird like that. Right. So, yeah, if you're Bellator, you want chaos. So. All right. All right. That makes more sense. Because I'm like, you, you could have done the, 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 the fun matchups first, you know? Oh, you gotta say you gotta say that for the finale. That's the, you know, because <laughs> I mean, Ryan Bader beats the shit out of um Roy Nelson. In my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. We got we got wrestling Roy Nelson now. He's 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 got the takedown game going. But yeah, this is tournaments. Tournaments weird, but um. Yeah, so Fado versus Chael is going to be a thing. Uh, co-main event, Manuel Sanchez has been on a nice little run lately. He continues his run. Got a um, first-round submission over Sam Cecilia. Um, I thought a lot of this fight would be on the feet, but they pretty much made it a grappling match. Um, and Sanchez was really aggressive <laughs> with, with going for submissions. Um, and he ends with a stand-in-the-arm triangle choke, which was pretty cool to watch. Um yeah, Cecilia's got to be like, I'm mean, not Cecilia. Um, Sanchez has to be like right there for a title shot, I would imagine. I mean, he he has to because like he he would be the like the newest face since like White Show for, for for the first time back in what was that like 2015, 2016. Yeah. It's been a while. Beat my point being, um, yeah, like hopefully he gets the winner of White Show Pitbull, or like if one of them falls out, he fights whoever. You know, his left. Like, I just want somebody new in that, like, conversation. Yeah. We need a new, uh... We can't keep playing patty cake with the same three people. So, uh, insert challenger, Emmanuel Sanchez. <laughs> I th- think he's earned it. He's, he's been putting in some work. He's gotten some really good wins. Especially, the, um... The Daniel Strauss win. That was a really, really big one. So, dude's continuing his streak. He's looking good in his streak, so... Hey man, get get a man his shot at the strap. Let's 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 see what he can do. Um, Rafael Lovato Jr., Gerald Harris. I thought Gerald Harris was retired. I guess nobody really retires. Just, I, yeah, I should know that. It's not a real thing. Yeah. Man, you wave enough money around. Yeah, he'll come back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lovato won. I don't remember this fight in much detail. Uh, Lovato won via um, armbar. I know this fight didn't even last that long. It was like a little over a minute. Um, all I remember is Gerald, like they say on commentary, like Gerald Harris is like, I survived on the ground with um, who was it that he yeah, survived with? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was like, yeah, he threw um, so many submissions, and I didn't even know what happened, but I still got out of the fight, and then like two seconds later, he's tapping. Right, and so I'm like, okay, they set him up for failure. <laughs> but good on good on Lovato Jr. Got the armbar, got the W. Um, Next fight. Uh, before, oh. Real quick, Lovato Jr. is himself probably 
not that far from a title shot. Like, Shomanko probably isn't going to be in Bellator for much longer, considering he's upset that they won't book him often. Um, like, Gegger Musasi versus Rafael Carvalho is, prob- is, you know, right around the corner. Who knows what happens with Roy McDonald next? Like, if they give him somebody at, like, the winner of John Fitch versus Paul Daly, or, um, you know, or, or they do the Askren fight that they're talking about. Um, so, like, Galileo Jr. could potentially be fighting for the Bellator middleweight title against, like, Gekker Musazi. That's what's going to happen. Galileo's going to have to fight Melvin Monhoof because they just re-signed him, I think, to a multi-fight deal. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you can't get rid of Monhoof. But, yeah, good, good win on him. Awesome submission. Uh, keeping the submission trend going. Actually, this whole main card, the all four fights were like all submission wins. Um, I mean, look again. You got Laval Junior, world champion jiu-jitsu dude, Neiman Gracie, Gracie, and Dylan Danis. You know, jiu-jitsu guy. I was gonna say, like, is he? Like, I don't know enough about jiu-jitsu recently to talk about Dylan Danis like properly. I know he's really good. But, like, I, I don't know if he's, like, really, really good. Like, Ovalo Jr. good. I don't think so, but... Uh, Neiman Gracie got Javier Torres out of there. Um, the, the only fight that went out of the first round, second round, uh, arm triangle choke. Um, not really a ton to say. I will say, though, out of... He, he's not afraid to stand on the feet. He doesn't, like, just spam. Well, there are moments where he kind of does spam take down somewhat comfortable on his feet um i'm not saying he's gonna win like a title anytime soon but you know gracie's gonna gracie get you down it's probably not gonna go too well for you so uh, he got javier torres out of there in the second round and uh last fight i guess we'll even mention dylan danis uh versus kyle walker um danis i mean it's i'm not expected to get my mind blown by his stand-up um Probably should work on his striking defense because he did. He he got tagged with a couple shots early in the fight. Um, but the one thing he did that I really liked, um, if you, if you know you're a jujitsu specialist, pull guard, man. Like <laughs> he pulled guard. Like as soon as he was able to, because I, I think he had went for a takedown earlier and he he like shot from really far out and he didn't get it. But when he got in position to get that close, he literally just pulled guard and. He ended up like going really aggressive for like a knee bar, and then he switched that to a toe hold, and he got walk out of there. So like, I, I like this, just the fact that he pulled guard and he was really aggressive about going for the finish. So I mean, as well as somebody could do for the MMA debut, like I said, you're gonna see holes in the striking, of course, but his jujitsu seems to translate pretty well into MMA. So, hey man, D- Dylan Danis out, out here, you know, first round submission. So, I think he had words. Him and Michael Chandler had words on Twitter or something. I mean, <laughs> but him, him and Rafael Santos had words. Like, yeah, <laughs> Dylan Danis is just trying his hardest to be Colby Covington. So, oh, that guy. <sighs> well, yeah, that was <laughs> that was Bellator 198 in a nutshell. It didn't last very long. Every everybody got out of there real quick. Most of those guys probably made it back home to like watch what was on their DVR and chill out, relax, cook a DiGiorno or something. <laughs> but 
Um, so yeah, that was Bellator 198, and I guess we'll. Um, Move on to Invicta. So, Invicta FC 29. Oh, Lord, I'm waiting for the page to load. <laughs> Invicta FC 29 went down. I think this was on uh, Friday. So, you know, powered up the good old UFC Fight Pass um, to tune in to catch this. I'm still waiting for my page to load. <laughs> uh main event is a uh, was a bantamweight title fight between Sarah Kaufman and Katharina Leonard. Um it was kind of just like your typical Kaufman performance. Like she fought behind multiple jabs and when she uh when she wasn't doing that she like kind of flurried so that she could open up uh like a, a, the clinch so she could take Leonard down. And she did, and eventually it led to her getting a rear naked choke in the third round. Uh, she had a pretty tight arm triangle in the second that I thought Leonard was going to tap. I swear to. she was out for like a brief second. Like there right. was a moment where it looked like she went limp and then she came like right back. Yeah, like the, she was she was like telephoning her arm, and all of a sudden, it, like her hand just pops out from between their heads, and it, it kind of goes stiff. I'm like, oh shit, she's out. <laughs> But no, she she just like did her best um, bump and roll and managed to get her arm down so and create that space. So, um, not a bad performance from Leonard. Like this is by far her toughest fight to date. Um, like Sarah Kaufman's still like a top ten bantamweight. Uh, and Leonard's only been fighting pro since like. Wait, twenty fourteen. So like, yeah. And I mean, that's a big jump in competition to go. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not. I wasn't too familiar with her, but I'm pretty sure going from fighting whoever she was fighting before to Sarah Kaufman, that's a that's a huge leap. In right, right. Competition. Uh, and like, I think her best fight, uh, like her best two wins, they are Alexa Connors and Alexandra Butch. And Alexandra Butch is somebody who hasn't been like, I want to say relevant, but like relevant. Since in a while, like 2013, um, uh, uh, like uh, like Kaufman should be in the UFC. I don't know what else to say. Like I I know why they're not bringing her back because you know, they, she wants like fifty thousand dollars a fight, which is, in my opinion, what she's worth. Um. I guess I know the UFC doesn't feel the same way, but whatever. Um, like, I don't know, like, do you have anything? That, like, I, I really don't have. A, like, I, I'm not down on Leonard for losing. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, she made it. Like, you know, it's competitive. I guess is, you know, you. She was going yeah, to. Yeah, she was going to. I, to me, this fight just came down to like it was experience. Um, think Kaufman's just kind of better skilled striking's a bit cleaner a bit crisper I thought she did a good job of a good job of like she could pop a jab out pop out a one two get out of the way um seems she was like catching Leonard a lot with that um yeah it just seemed like it's just kind of like a experience gap like that that's a tough test for you to to jump from you know you're, you're just you're fighting the who's who and now you're fighting Sarah Kaufman like that's just a big jump so yeah, I mean, like Kaufman's only losses are Shevchenko, 
uh, Marlos Kunin, uh, who was the other one? Ronda Rousey, and Alexis Davis, who had like, who it took like eight rounds for her to beat <laughs> because they had fought <laughs> twice before. Right. So, yeah, she's like she's only lost to the best of the best, and she's still like as sharp as she's ever been. She, she doesn't really look like she, at least to me, like on the. But he was like decline. She just only loses to like the elite competition. So, yeah, like I said, Leonard made it a competitive fight. Um, she landed good strikes. I just think Kaufman was just a bit cleaner on the feet. Um, didn't expect the takedown to come. I thought this whole fight was just going to be them trading hands. But, um, I mean, good on Kaufman. Like I said, almost got the arm triangle choke, which would have been crazy if she would have sunk that all the way in. But, yeah, ends up getting uh, a submission in the end. Bantamweight champ. Um, I I don't know if the I, I would hope the UFC would bring her back. I mean, you you could just if if for no other purposes, you just you need a body. Like you need you just you just need people. Like you just you need somebody else at at one thirty five. Just you need the cases around because we know that division is like it's, it's been thinning out lately. So and anybody you can have in there who can put on competitive fights, you I, I would think you would want to keep around, but. Um, either way, good on Kaufman, and like I said, decent showing for Leonard, not a loss to be ashamed of at all, um, but Sarah Kaufman joins Chris Cyborg as the only, uh, woman to hold belts in both Invicta and Strikeforce, so, you know, way to be in, in, in pretty good company, um, fancy, yeah, <laughs> co-main event, uh, Pani Kianzad and Bianca Daimoni, um, man, I actually watched this, uh, rewatched this this morning, um, I mean, Daimoni, I, I feel like this fight, <laughs> was, I don't know if Daimoni could keep up the pace that, like, she was trying to set, because I was just, like, looking at just, like, body language around, like, the second and third rounds, and I, I give her credit, because she was pushing forward, she was still throwing, but, like, I felt like everything in her facial expression looked like she was just tired, like, <laughs> Like, she just looked so out of it, but, like, she, she kept pushing for it. But, um, man, Kenzai was getting busy, man. She, um, was that the second she dropped her with a left or something? Yeah, she yeah she dropped her in the second yeah, round. Yeah, she, Pani, um, I said Pani. Pani was, yeah, she was, she was getting busy, man. Like, she, I felt like she, she was able to keep the pace that the fight was set at and kind of, like, never really let off that pace. Like, she was just able to throw, keep throwing, keep pushing forward. Like I said, drop Daimoni in the third. Um, she really started teeing off, I mean, in the second. Um, teed off on her pretty well in the third, too. And it it just seemed like she just kind of, like, overwhelmed her. Like, Daimoni was trying to stay in there, but Kenza was just throwing hands and had good movement. Like I said, was, was just able to keep up that pace for three rounds and got a pretty <laughs> a pretty Pretty good decision with some nice, you know, highlight knockdowns going on. So, yeah, that was, that was a really good showing for for Kenza. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised we didn't see like because Kenza, like her whole thing, like the whole way she got to eight and zero as a as a pro was um wrestling. We didn't see any of that. Um, she actually stopped a couple of takedowns, I think. Um. But like in terms of like going for takedowns herself, we didn't see much uh, any of that. Like this was all kickboxing performance from her. Um, Daimoni's really quick and like 
is actually like a surprisingly hard puncher, but uh, uh, and she was catching Kins out early with those like uh, every time you know, Kins out would like kind of stop and stare at her work. Um, Demony would kind of counter with that overhand right and actually landed it quite a few times. But like the longer the fight went on, Kins out seemed to like find her groove. Like the combinations were coming a little bit um, uh, smoother, I guess would be the word. Uh, she did great in the clinch, like just completely like shutting down Daimoni. Uh, I, I would have liked to see her get off more offense. Like she was throwing like those weird like rounded knees, trying to like throw them to like uh, Daimoni's head, but she had the double underhooks and was constantly pushing up into her head. So like the knees were literally just bouncing off the fence. Mm. But um, she she did a great job of just working behind the jab. She's like you said, she dropped her in the second. Um, snapped her head back a bunch of times too with the jab. Um, I'm I'm just really happy to see her get a win because like the the division needs her to be competent and like there because she is one of the most experienced prospects out there. So it's good to see that things are starting to gel together for her a little bit. Yeah, she looked she definitely looked looked really good. So that was a real solid win. Like I said, lot, lots of hands <laughs> going on, a couple good knockdowns. So definitely a fight. Um, you guys should check out. So shout outs to Kianzad for getting that uh, getting that win. Um, next fight, Pearl Gonzalez uh, and Barbara Asioli. Mm-hmm. Um, Pearl, I. It was weird. Like, after this fight was over, I just went and looked at Pearl's record. Because I was like, how did she get, like, she only lost two fights in UFC, right? Yeah. I guess it's because I don't remember those fights, like, all that well from memory. Like, did she just look bad? Or did, like... Well, one was against Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, I don't remember the Botello fight, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, I think I remember coming away from it thinking, like, Botello was a pretty good prospect. Uh, let me actually... Uh, actually since I tend to write all this shit down night of let me see if I can find that fight Gonzalez oh wait was landing from distance early in the first but spent the entirety of the fight looking for bad takedowns along the fence while Botel was getting muscled around she was still landing with those Travis Brown style elbows started having more success at range as the fight went on too hurt Gonzalez bad with a body kick and a glancing head kick at the end of the third was enough to get her the win on short notice. Gonna have to work on her kid. Alright. So, apparently, uh, Gonzalez was just, like, showing bad fight IQ in that last fight. And I guess that's what they just cut her. Because uh, I felt like in, in his victim, man, she's been on a mission. Like... <laughs> uh, no, she's, uh, like... Uh, like, this is the pro- the problem, so quote-unquote, with, what, like, the women's divisions. Like... She got to the UFC at um, six and one, right? Like, if you were a dude, that'd be nothing. Like, you, you wouldn't like nine times out of ten, you wouldn't even be getting like a cup of coffee in the UFC. Okay. Like, there, there's rare exceptions, and there are like guys who you know buck that trend, like your um, David, what was it, Daniel or David Taymor? Like, who got to the UFC at, like, 2-0 and or 4-0 or something like that and has been, like, really good since. But most of the time, like, it, it takes a while to get good at this fighting crap. Like, a, a really long time. It takes a lot of cage time. 
and a lot of work. Um, like, and Gonzalez has been doing this for a while, but she is not, she wasn't really active with it because it's hard to get fights when you're a woman. The, you know, the, the, the pool of women who have some type of equal experience to you, if you have like six fights, is not very big. And a lot, like the last fight, the last fight she had, she fought a woman who was two and three before, I mean, before going into the UFC. So, like, you get there, you, you run into somebody who is like, a straight up blue chip prospect like Cynthia Calvillo, right. and and you kind of get you you um, taking a step back, and then you fight someone who is as dogged as Poliana Botello, and you, you you know you take another step back. So uh, like uh, she's taking those experiences and she's learning from them. like this is only her eleventh fight in her pro career. Huh. So it, it makes sense to me that she's not, not, it's just now all starting to gel together. Yeah. She, and she's having, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, because her, her and Victor fights, this one included, she's, she's been on point. Like, she's, she's fighting with, like, authority. Like, <laughs> she's fighting to get people out of there. Um, they started off exchanging on the feet. I think eventually Pearl uh, tagged her with a pretty good one-two combination and backed her up a little bit. And then, like, once it went to the ground, man, like, she, she passed guard, don't say fairly easily. Um, <laughs> I think she landed, like, a little bit of ground and pound. She did make one kind of, like, I, I guess maybe, and like I said, I would have to go back and watch her earlier fights, where, like, little moments like this against somebody better could probably cost you, where there was a moment where, um, oh, God, she was, what submission was she, she going for? She was going for an armbar from Mount. Yeah, she went for the armbar from Mount, but it was like it was a real kind of just like kind of lazy attempt. Like it didn't it didn't look like it was really set up properly, and she lost position for a quick second. I mean, and she ended up like trying to lock in a triangle, which eventually transitioned to the armbar, and she got the finish. But like I feel like that kind of lapse against somebody of like a higher caliber, that fight could have went another way. Um, right. That, that that that's a momentum shift. Yeah, like yeah. So like those little moments are, you know, I, I guess I would say things she should, you know, I guess look out for. But I mean, a she still got the win, so like she she ended up losing position, but ended up you know went for the triangle, um, threw some nasty elbows from the bottom too while she was trying to lock the triangle in. I think she cut uh, Barbara like on the top of her head, and then um, ended up just switching to the armbar. Got that in, and that was uh, a minute and 30 seconds, and Pearl rolls on. <laughs> pretty, her and Victor run's been pretty good, man. She's been coming in and just, just putting in work. Yeah. Um, I'm interested if she stays at 125 or she tries to go back down to, uh, to 115. Um, she's not a big 125-er. Like, she's five, like 5'4". Five, she's like I, I think Osceoli was way bigger than her, right? Yeah, like, Osceoli looked pretty big. And I think um I think this was a catchweight. I want to say this was a catchweight fight. Cause there, there's just no way they were the same weight class. Barbara looked way bigger than than Pearl did. Uh yeah, she came in point three pounds overweight. Uh, Osceoli. So that's probably what that was. Um. Yeah. No. Um. I, I don't know. I don't know what she does, but but um, she's. I think she's finally becoming a good fighter. So, yeah, 
be on the lookout for that. Yeah, things are. Hopefully, this could be the beginning. Of, yeah, the beginning of like a good, a good streak, and then maybe we'll you know soon we'll get the the best version of her, and hopefully maybe she'll she'll get that call back. Um, going on to the next fight, which unfortunately ended very quickly due to injury. Uh, Marcia Allen uh, won against Julia Avila via a finger injury. Um, <laughs> literally, Alvia blocked like a front kick and like tried to push it away with her finger. And in the process, somehow her finger like completely dislocated out of place. And I don't even, it was, I thought it was crazy that the ref even spotted it. I think she, the ref probably noticed it because she was kind of fidgeting around with it. But yeah, it was it was a really bizarre fight. Like they, and I, I was kind of hyped because I mean I I wasn't familiar with either of them, but I was just looking at their stances and the way they were throwing. I was like, oh, they're about to scrap. Like this is about to be a, you know, like a barn burner. And then she she throws the front kick. Uh, Allen threw the front kick. Avia tried to block it. Got her finger twisted up in some weird way. Um, she didn't. <laughs> I don't know if she was just you know, not showing emotion, but it seemed like it didn't really bother her. Like, she was even, like, pointing in front of it at the screen and making faces. But, um, you know, rough notices the fingers, like, bent all out of shape, and they call it off. And that's it. Yeah, that's... Uh, like, Julia Vila, somebody who has wins over a top-ten fighter in, like, Marion Renault, and a win over the, um, the UFC flyweight champion, Nico Montano, like, that's not how you want to lose your girl. Like, if she won this fight, she, like, I would hope she'd be in the UFC. Um, you know, you never know, but like, th- th- that's not the way you want to lose. Um, but like, like, shouts to like Marcia Allen, the Black Widow, because um, yeah, you know, this this is a nice little run for her. Um, she's like on a four fight winning streak now. Um, but, uh, like. Again, not the way you want to win a fight or lose a fight, but like, yeah, she did. Her, she did, you know, hurt her opponent. All right, she did her job. She did her job, yeah. and you can't take anything away from her for that. And she did it inside of a minute. Um, I would hope they run this back, though. I I hope they do, unless like Allen gets a call from the UFC and is just like, oh, we need somebody to fill in on short notice, which is how I think she would get in the UFC. Um, like. I don't think she's gonna make a run, but like one, she's been doing this for a minute. Uh, since like 2012, like she was on the, uh, she fought Jessamyn Duke, on in Invicta, like all those years ago. Hmm. Um, That's a name I've heard in a while. Yeah, she she was the girl who pulled Jessamyn Duke's hair, and then Jessamyn Duke is like, you know, f this, <laughs> and then just elbowed the, like elbowed the crap out of her before she got the armbar. Um, Oh man. That's back when we thought Jessamyn Duke had like a future. Uh <laughs> and, and, and side note, I think Edmund ruined what what could have been a promising pro career for Jessamyn. Lord. Like, I really I, I really think like for all the crap with Ronda and Brown and like Ellenberger and all the other people went through there, like he messed up Jessamyn's career the most. How does Edmund <clears throat> how do people even still because this is what happens when you validate somebody. Like, this is what happened when Ronda validated Edmund. It's, 
I just I don't even know what would possess somebody to even like you just you see the results. <laughs> it's like why are you even why are you even bringing your bags to this gym? You know what's gonna happen to you. From what I can tell, it's like a really laissez-faire atmosphere in the gym, and I guess like a lot of people like enjoy that. Like you know, you you don't have somebody screaming your in your ear like you know get it get it get it get it get it like or because like. Besides that, like someone like Duke is probably not from a very big gym, and you know you, you get to go and you hang out with Ron Rousey and Shayna Baszler and like all these UFC fighters. And it, it feels validating, or uh, validating to you. You step in where it matters. Right. <laughs> but Shasta, Demarcia Allen, and hopefully Avila. I'm pretty sure finger hopefully it'll be okay. Hope she can get back, uh, get back in there sometime soon. Hopefully they could they could run that fight back. Um, but uh, moving. I'm not sure if she uh, did she dislocate it or did she break it. The broadcast said dislocated. Um, I don't know though, man. That finger was pretty gnarly. Yeah, it was. It was definitely bent in a way no finger should go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not sure how long she'll be sidelined for, but it did not look did not look pretty at all. Oh, no, that's broken. Yeah, it was. You know, you know it's bad when you stick your fingers out and like one of them just kind of looks like it's missing. So, <laughs> so that's that's how that looked. But um, right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Liz Tracy versus Sherry Morosky. Um, all I remember is Tracy put on like a pretty good wrestling clinic uh, and just kind of beating Morosky up. Um, I want to say during the third, I think Morosky kind of started to come on a bit more. I think Tracy was kind of getting a, a bit tired, a little winded, so Morosky was able to get more off. But it just seemed like Tracy was stronger. The grappling was just better. Like she was just able to smother her and just overwhelm her for the better part of three rounds pretty much. Yeah. With her streaking blue hair. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, that was just a, like you said, that was just their wrestling clinic for the first two rounds anyway. Um, I, I, I only vaguely remember this fight. Like, I remember the wrestling. I don't remember much else. That was pretty much what it was. It was just, yeah, it was a lot of wrestling. It was pretty one-sided. I've heard pretty much in, like, dominant positions the whole fight. Just pushing a pretty high pace, and then Morosky tried to turn it around in the third, but, you know, kind of a too little, too late um, kind of situation, but yeah, Liz Tracy and the blue hair got it done, <laughs> so shout-outs to her. Um, this next fight, uh, Lisa Spangler and Sarah, God, they were pronouncing this all during the broadcast, and now I don't know how to say it. Kletchka? Kletchka? Okay. Yep. Um, fight was kind of weird because I feel like there were stretches of this fight. Well, actually, you know what? Before I even get into this, because uh, and I hope I'm getting this right, I want to say uh, Kletchka was the fighter on this card who, like, she literally just fought, like, six days ago. Yeah, she fought, like, yeah. Yeah. And then, it, it, not even a week ago, yeah. I think. So, that's crazy. <laughs> you just fought a week ago, and you got to think, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure for that fight, you know, you have to cut weight. And now, literally, you have another fight, like, six days later. So, now you have to kind of do that process. I mean, maybe not all over again, but, but still, like, that's a really quick turnaround. 
I imagine that's got to be pretty hard on your body, even though, like, she left that fight unscathed. Because I think that's, they mentioned that during the broadcast. They were like, hey, you can, if you make it out of this fight and you don't get hurt, you can come in here. <laughs> and she, she left that fight with virtually no damage. But that, that's a tough turnaround either way, no matter if you won or lost. But, um, yeah, it seemed like there were stretches of this fight where, like, Klutchko was just kind of playing the outside and nobody was really doing everything. It was kind of like the bull and matador. <laughs> like, you're kind of just waiting for, for something to happen. Um, and then eventually they would step in and exchange. Um, Lisa had a really nice sweep and, or, like, trip in that first round. I don't think it really led to anything, but, like, the trip itself was just pretty good. Um, <laughs> there was one really random violent spat that I thought was really awesome where um, I can't remember if it was the second or the third round where um, Kletchka had shot in for a takedown and Lisa sprawled and then she just went on this violent just like she just started throwing like it, it was like she was just trying to go for a KO off of a sprawl it was really wild to watch and she just started spazzing out for a couple of seconds but I think Kletchka ended up getting back up um, yeah I think Spangler just kind of won just kind of off of volume like Kletchka was playing a lot of the outside and she would lunge in every now and again. Um, I mean, she would land a, a few good hits here and there, but I think Spangler just kind of landed a bit more. It seemed like it was just two counterfighters who were just waiting for the other one to make a mistake. So there were just stretches yeah. where not too much was happening. But when exchanges did happen, I, I think Spangler was just, she was more active and she got the better of those exchanges. And she had like, I guess the more, you know, significant strikes, if you want to call them that. <laughs> um, of the fight, so yeah, Spangler ended up taking that decision. Yeah, no, uh, that was a good debut for Spangler. Um, she was like nine and one as an amateur, so I was kind of looking forward to seeing her uh, debut. Um, world needs more women's bantamweights, so um, she's really good from mid uh, mid range. Um, like when when she was throwing combination, like when. Uh, when either she or Klutchko would close a distance, like she, she was doing like a really good job there. Um, whether it be on the counter or be on the uh, be on the offensive, but like you said, there was like a little bit too much waiting around. Um, she, she did an okay job of like scoring with like leg kicks and stuff from range, but like you, you want to see a little bit more activity. Um. Klitschko was pretty fast for, like, somebody who basically had one leg. So that took me by surprise. Like, she was, like, she was jumping into close range, but, um, she, uh, there was not much variety. So after a while, like, Spanker was just, like, teeing off on whatever, uh, on, you know, whenever she was co trying to close the distance. Mm -hmm. Like, like she's, like you said, she kind of just spazzed out with the violence in the sec at the end of the second round. Um, but yeah, not, not, like, just solid debut for Spangler. Like, I uh, hope she gets back out there soon. You should be fighting three times a year minimum if you're this young in your career. I think she's like 26. Yeah. Shoot up the ladder while you can. Get, your, get yourself, get your name out there. But um, yeah, good, good. Uh, one from Spangler. Um, next fight, Macy Chiasone and Allison Schmidt. Um. Man, Macy was, uh, speaking of teeing off, um, 
really long, lanky <laughs> 45er. Um, through the, he's listed at 5'9", but, like, she looks taller she than looks, that, right? She looks like she was, like, 5'10", <laughs> 5'11", borderline 6 foot. She's, she's a big, not, like, bulky 45er, but just, like, she's definitely well-built. <laughs> definitely. I, I don't know what her, her reach was, but I almost felt bad for Schmidt because I felt like this whole fight was just her trying to close the distance <laughs> and, like, clinch and get a takedown. And it just it just wasn't working. I mean, she got a few clinches in, but nothing she was able to really take advantage of. And kind of weird. Cause Macy has like this kind of weird stance where like her hands are kind of low, but she's like really like oh, it's really weird. But she was just, she was teeing off, man. Like she was landing some really hard body kicks, or like she would follow a body kick with like a right left behind it. Um, she punished Schmidt a few times when she would try to close the distance. She would definitely eat some shots on the way in. Um, ah, she dropped. Didn't she drop her like twice? I think. I'm gonna think of another fight. I think she rocked her. I don't she, think she ever yeah, dropped she, her. Yeah, she she tagged her with. I I wish I could remember. I want to say it was like a left, but she tagged her with a really good um, strike. I just I can't remember the entire setup of it. But um, now nah, Macy looked really good though. Like I said, it was a, a lot of power shots. Um, she punished Schmidt a lot of time for, for closing the distance. Um, Schmidt was just never really able to, it was like she kind of just, she couldn't overcome that, the size and like the reach and like even the moments where she would get in close, she wasn't able to, to do much with it. And meanwhile on Macy's and for better part of three rounds, man, she was, she was dishing out some some pretty mean punishments. Like I said, lots of really good body kicks. Um, I think she, I want to say she stunned her a couple times, but yeah, she, she had moments where she was, she was definitely teeing off, man. She was, she landed some really hard, hard power shots. Um, so yeah, they, this was a really good, uh, really good performance from, from Macy. Um, she is definitely all of 145 pounds. There's no way she's like 5'8 or 5'9. She's got to be like 5'11. She, she's, That's, she's pretty big, man. Yeah, that's what I really liked about this fight. It was like two a fight between two actual featherweights, not two like kind of bloated one thirty fivers. Like, Chiasan is never going to make one thirty five. Um, Schmidt is probably never going to make one thirty five if she hasn't already, because she's like thirty six, I think. Um, I, I like you said, I, like when Schmidt, uh, not Schmidt, when Chiasan like commits to throw like throwing punches. And like kicks from range, uh, like she has, uh, uh, she's a firecracker. But uh, my thing was, like, she wasn't really active. Uh, she didn't really string combinations together all too much. Like there, there was a lot of one and dones. Um, that's a, that's actually a big reason why like Smith uh, was able to grab her leg and run her into the fence. She wasn't able to take her down, but. Um, <clears throat> They, they, there was a lot of like clinch fighting um, for, on, that Schmidt initiated, and Chiasen would sit there for like 30 seconds trying to fight out of it, trying to fight out from double underhooks and stuff like that. Um, but she showed off like good takedown defense, showed off that uh, like good, really good timing with some of those punches. Um, like I'm, I'm hoping she develops. I'm hoping that we don't have to see her fight Felicia Spencer next. 
Oh, they, they mentioned that because that, that was her first, I think, amateur fight. Yeah. And her only loss, well, doesn't count as a pro loss because it was an amateur fight, but that's, like, overall her only loss in MMA. No, she lost another fight. She got knocked out. She did? Yeah. Uh, that's that's why I thought this fight was going to be, like, ending in a knockout because they both hit pretty hard. Uh, but she got knocked out against, um, shit, who was it? Anna Dempster. In a lightweight fight a few years ago. Um, is that Dumpster Pro Fighter now? No, not yet. There's somebody to look out for. 5'8". Uh, fighting at 155 prob- as an amateur probably means she's going to fight 145 Pro. But, you know. Pro Fighter things, man. And she's, what, 2 one as a pro? I think now. Yeah. Yes, uh, Chesson's now two and zero as a pro. Um, I'm assuming she's going to try out for uh, the, the upcoming tough season because she's American. She's a featherweight. I would so, hope. You know. Go, go, do some damage. <laughs> and the division needs you. The division needs I, everybody. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I was gonna say like, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was gonna say. Like she could be like you said, Jerry Eubanks and Nico Montano, just run through the the old der people in the division. <laughs> or 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 she could just go out there and uh, yeah, underperform. We'll see. Though. But but, um... but, uh, but like, I, I think this would be like a good thing for her. Yeah, and like I said, it's good to have somebody who's an actual like legit forty fiver, and not just. Oh, uh, going up a weight class just because I don't want to cut weight. Right, <laughs> like legit one forty five or well built for the division has a skill set that like fits her size. She knows how to use it um, fairly well. So uh, somebody to maybe you know keep keep an eye on. Um, God, I want to mention this last fight, but my page froze. <laughs> uh, Helen Peralta versus. I think it was Cheyenne uh, Flismus. Yes. I wish I would have rewatched this fight. Um, this is the only. Uh, it always sucks. I always feel bad for the very first fight of the card because that's normally the one fight I never get around to rewatching again. Um, but I remember after this fight, really liking what I saw from Peralta, like hands on hands, <laughs> on hands. Um. She, I want to say she, she tagged her pretty... Was it the first? I feel like there were a lot of moments in the fight where she tagged her. But then my memory of this fight is kind of hazy. But like I just remember really being impressed with Peralta. Like I think she... Was she only like 2-0? and oh? Like, I don't think her... Yeah, this was her second fight. Second fight, yeah. Like Her pro debut was literally back in um January. Yeah, so like for somebody this be their second pro fight, like she, she showed signs of promise of, you know... Somebody like me could she could morph into somebody like it might be somebody worth, you know, just to keep an eye yeah, on. Keep keep an eye on her. Like j- just for just for um like uh, starting off point and everything. Uh, her first exposure to MMA was Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm. She literally started training like a couple of days after that. Mm. So she has not been like it's, this isn't like oh. I've been doing karate since I was like, you know, eight years old, and, and like I finally got around to trying this MMA thing. Or I was a boxer who was in the gym for like ten years, 
before um before I tried them May. Like she's literally just been doing this crap for like two years. And she's gotten this good already. Yeah. Like the one thing that impressed me um a, a lot is just like she stays with her above her feet when she punches. Which is something if you know, you've ever been like in the in the gym with like people who are just starting out, it's something that they never it's something that comes hard. Like, like you always feel like you're an inch away from like hitting somebody, so you always reach out a little bit more, and um, you you can get caught up on your feet doing that. Um, but like she throws in combination, she th- she sits on her punches really well, she moves pretty damn well. She's added kicking as to her arsenal since like two months ago, uh, and she's doing it really well. Like. There's a lot to like about Peralta. Um, like I guess her one downside is like she's 29 years old, but that's not 29 coming off like a wrestling career where your knees are shot. Right. That that's 29 isn't. I just started training like two years ago, right. so you know I started in my prime. Right. Body still fresh. You know. I want to. No wear and tear. Right. So, no wear and tear. I want to say that I feel like I'm mixing all my fights up. Did Did she drop Glissman? Uh, I want to say she did at one point, or she at least hurt her really hard. Because I think there was, like, a random, like, left that she threw that just kind of, like, <laughs> like, listeners kind of, like, ran into it, and she just, like, it wasn't, like, a drop, like, oh, she's about to be finished. It was more like, it was, like, one of those flash hits, like, oh, snap, like, I didn't think I was going to get touched like that. And then she, like, yeah, she, she uh, yeah, yeah, that might have happened, like, this was two days ago. A, a lot's happened yeah. since then. <laughs> But yeah, Peralta looked really good though. Like, that's to be this young in your career, and you look like that. You know, she she looked as as polished as you would hope someone that young would look. Um, no, yeah, it was a left hook. It was a left that hook. dropped. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just watching it now. Bam. Yeah, it, it was like one of them flash hits. Like, oh snap! Like, <laughs> it happened like kind of fast, but. Yeah, man, really, really good, really good showing from, from Peralta. Uh, so she got the decision over Cheyenne Blissmas, and that was the card. So <laughs> I appreciated this Invicta card. It wasn't that long. Got through it pretty uh, pretty quick, even though I had to watch most of it the next day because I was really tired on Friday and I have to work Saturday mornings. Um, but, yeah, that was Invicta FC 29. Pretty solid uh from top to bottom so you got a chance to see Kaufman get a strap in another organization you know good performances from Pearl a few young up-and-comers doing their thing and nasty broken yeah. finger <laughs> yeah they already announced the date for Invicta FC 30 um so you know we don't have to wait around and wonder when we're gonna see Invicta again yeah, so. you, know, you know what I'm kind of angry about though uh, they, they didn't ask Shannon App um, about Invicta Boxing. Is that still a thing that she's trying to do? I forgot about that. Oh, speaking of, did you see um the Zoo for Boxing rumored to uh, Mikey Garcia is going to be the first dude? It makes all the sense in the world that Mikey Garcia is <laughs> the first dude. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know Golden Boy MMA is a thing, or allegedly going to be a thing. And Chuck Liddell is coming back. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that that was announced in the same video with Oscar <laughs> De La Hoya and Chuck Liddell standing there. 
boy, this this it's gonna be an interesting year, man. Uh-huh. It's gonna it's gonna this part's gonna get really messy really quick. <laughs> uh, mess well messier than it is now, I guess. Alright, hold on. So so Golden Boy MMA. Um are we trying to do Chuck and Tito what is this, four? Five? I don't know. I forgot how many times they how many times Chuck put the pause on him. They would have to do it in Bellator, I think, because Gio still signed the Bellator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. All right, so I would say <laughs> between Zufa Boxing and Golden Boy MMA, uh, which promotion do you think would be more successful? Um, Just straight up Golden Boy. Uh, not Golden Boy. Uh, Mikey Garcia. If they UFC signs Mikey Garcia, Mike Garcia. Like I, I, I imagine like neither one will be like a huge money maker, but like um, th- I think there's more money to be made in boxing from. I don't, I don't say there's more money to be made in boxing, but like I think it's easier to make somebody who you have sole focus on in boxing, um, like a, a draw, whether that's a like a live gate draw or a TV draw. Or, you know, just work out a TV deal so you have them on TV, then it's just to make a business, like, based around it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be Mikey Garcia and a bunch of, like, local Boston dudes who, who Zufa Boxing is based around. <laughs> like, maybe Adrian Broner, after, like, he he finishes, like, his mental breakdown and actually reaches his low point. But, like, that's it. Like, the... I think people underestimate how much these guys actually look into and research, like, their promoters and stuff. Like, every once in a while, you get to do who still signs with Don King, but, like, Shakur Stevenson knew what he was getting into when he signed with Top Rank, you know? Or, or at the very least, he understood Top Rank's history. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, for both, like, what kind of talent are they going to bring in? And not even that, like, how often are we going to get Zufa boxing events? Like, Are they going to be running up against UFC events? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know how this is all. And, like, what are they even going to, um, well, I, I assume, I guess, Zufa boxing, but would that end up, I guess, on Fight Pass, I would assume, somewhere. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how all these, I mean, and it's still in the very, like, beginning, 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 stages i don't even know if any of this is like concrete just kind of rumors and pictures that have been floating around but um uh, another question is um crap who are they working with like are, are they going to be are they going to be able to put on cross promotion events like are they going to be able to work with golden boy because bob aram hates dana white <laughs> and vice versa like they're not going to work together i i don't know what like dude, um, I, I don't know what top rank's gonna how top rank's gonna be. like. It's just forever for like anybody to do any type of business with Rock uh, Rock Nation Sports because like they're they're out here handing out ten million dollar checks to freaking Miguel Cotto for drawing a million people on TV. So who who knows how people are gonna feel about an MMA guy getting into the sport and like. Is this going to close a lot of doors for Mikey Garcia? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is all just happening on like a whim. Like dudes just woke up one day and they were bored. 
So like, hey, let's just make zoo for boxing and see what happens. Let's, I don't know. Gotta find some way to pay back this four billion. <laughs> I don't know. I think, but I, I think know, this I, is just Dana. Anything else? I think this is just Dana's pet project. To be honest with you, he always yeah. he always wanted I mean, to be a boxing promoter. If 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 if, if nothing else. You know we're gonna get some some shenanigans for better or worse from this, and I mean at the end of the day, what else can you ask for? You know, it's mindless entertainment. I'll I'll probably watch. I'm I'm all for a good train wreck. So, I mean if it turns out being terrible, I'll be I'll be front and center. Um, I'll take the bullet for you guys. I'll let you guys know what you're missing or not <laughs> really missing at all. But yeah, <laughs> so Zufa, Zufa Boxing and, and Golden Boy MMA, um, be, be on the lookout. Coming to a screen stream somewhere near you, possibly. Uh, a clusterfuck near you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who missed anything? Who missed anything? Probably, but at this point, who cares? Yeah. If we didn't mention you, might not have been important. Shots fired. <laughs> but... Oh, I wanted to give a shout out to LFA, but I didn't even get a chance to watch. I was really tired yesterday. I just I fell asleep while I was watching some of the fights, and I felt bad because the fight I was watching was really good, and then I passed yeah. out. Yeah. No, I know how that goes. But um, and then somebody on that car got their arm broken. Yeah. And I hate, I really hate limb injuries. They really freak me out. But I wanted to like watch that fight to see how it like even happened. Speaking but, of the book of Ryan. Because the Eminem's verse on there is about Silva snapping his leg. Oh my god, I was so mad when I heard that punchline. And he stretched it out for like four bars. And like, come yeah. on, man, that was that was an emotional time for me. I don't really like to remember. Uh, come, uh, my reaction was, come on, man, like you, you didn't need yeah. to use like a like half your verse to describe the leg injury. Like he could have said, snapped his leg at Anderson Silva, and then like moved on with it. Yeah, just went he, just, on. he had to yeah. explain it. Like he broke his leg, and then he tried to put it down the mat. And he just... right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy though? In these last couple years, I've noticed between like rap and like battle rap, like MMA punchlines are are slowly becoming more of a thing, and. Anderson Silva, I think, has gotten the most. Like I've I've heard at least three or four Anderson Silva shin snap punchlines, but I'm like, why why can't we remember him for you know everything else that happened before that? Like why do we have to? We don't need to bring that up. I, I always hear an Anderson Silva punchline, or um, I've heard Pettis used a few times too with him jumping off the game. Right. So, shout out to MMA. You guys are making it to punchlines and rap songs. So we'll get. The, Dana White will get the black people eventually. <laughs> when they, when they go to Atlanta, it'll just stop being all the dudes from like suburban Atlanta and that, the actual people from Atlanta. <laughs> oh man! Ah, uh, uh, did did you? So did you listen to all the books? Uh, yes. So you heard the um the Caterpillar remix with Logic? Uh, yes. Oh man, how do you feel about the lie? I mean, I don't care. Like I'm not a I'm not a lot a lot of guy. So okay, so, uh, I I like logic, but at the same time, logic does does things that 
just make me want to like pull him in a corner and just be like, don't don't do that. Like I don't. Uh, like, I remember like people like being upset about the verse, but I don't remember the verse in particular. So <laughs> this is where I'll step in. Oh, wait, I I pulled like, it, I pulled first, it up. Yeah. Like sold a quarter million records in my first week, and BET still won't let me perform. Maybe because of my pigment. Maybe because I'm ignorant. Maybe it's a figment of my imagination and exaggerations exacerbates that I'm the illest. Yes. See, the thing... All right, where do I start with this? This is a random rant. Like, I thought the verse started off okay. There, there was it's, it's this thing that Logic does that pissed me off on um the last album, Everybody. So just, just a quick synopsis, and I don't care. I did a whole review on this, but I won't talk about it again because it ties into the song. So, like, on Everybody, he would have, like, moments of a really good song, but he would ruin it by going on, like, these really long rants at the end of the song. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, I didn't I don't, didn't listen to this to just hear you talk. Like, so the verse starts off great, and he starts doing his rapping, and he brings up the mixed race thing, which he brings up all the time. I'm like, all right, whatever. I get it. This is your your issue that you're dealing with. Fine. But he goes on this really long rant at the end of that verse. And it just... I was like, why do you do this? Just just wrap it out. But don't talk to me. Like, I don't want to hear you talking to me. Don't don't do that again, Logic. Just don't ever do We're that. We're in the era where... I was going to say white dudes, but Logic's technically not white. But for the sake of my argument, let's say Logic is white. And he is white. Okay, confusing, but <laughs> there seems to be some sort of neurosis around the topic of race for white rappers, <laughs> because that shit killed Macklemore's career with a quickness. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, it's... What, what was the name of this one? White Privilege 2? Or 1? Or... Uh... I don't know. I know Macklemore came out the gate swinging. It, it, it's kind of weird because I've known about Macklemore for a long time. Like, I, I didn't listen to him much, but I remember, like, when he was underground. Like, he had a really big fan base. And then, like, he hits the mainstream. And it just seemed like after the whole Kendrick Lamar thing, like, his career just... I mean, I'm pretty sure he probably still had fans, but from the outside looking in, it kind of looks like his career just... I don't know what happened to it. Well, but it was I, it was probably in part the the Kendrick thing, but like also I think he just stopped working with Ryan Lewis. Like Ryan Lewis was like I'm out and went to go do something else. Yeah, yeah. And, and we and I'm and saying my, this, but like the un, this unruly mess I made went gold. So, no, that's what I said. Like he's fans. I'm I'm pretty sure he's he's pretty still probably doing well. And, and to be honest, Ryan Lewis is probably a large part of why like all those songs really took off. Like thrift shop and can't hold us down, like or can't hold us, or like the the production was a huge part of that. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what, what, but logic though, man. Just if you're gonna talk about this over and over again, I guess I'm just gonna have to accept it. But just don't, like, just wrap it out. Don't give me this long rant at the end. And, and like, you want somebody else's song, like. <laughs> like how dare you come on Book of Ryan and 
Like, I, I don't know if that's on the deluxe, if that's like a deluxe edition. But like, that's the last thing you hear on right. the album. That's a bad taste in my mouth. I don't want to end this album with you talking for like a, a minute and thirty. How do you think Royce the Five Nine felt about this? <laughs> He he emails Logic the song. He's like, "Hey man, do your thing. Can't wait to hear your verse." <laughs> yeah, like he's sitting in the studio, just like li- listening to the song, and he's like, "What the fuck did I just let happen?" Right. Like, we already paid the dude for the feature, so I'm not gonna just leave it. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, Eminem, you don't get off the hook either, and not even for the Anderson Silva thing. Like, you can't give me verses like this and at the same time give me revival, like. So disrespectful. I, mean, I, I just think he can't carry a project. Like, I I think he can. I think his problem is, I, I think he's not not hit chasing. I think that's the wrong. I don't think he's chasing hits, but I feel like he's like somebody said. Like somebody he, said in an album review somewhere where like he record. What was the the last like good one he recorded before um that I need a doctor song. Um, well, Marshall Mathers LP2 was decent. It was some okay, it was some good songs. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm gonna just go back real quick. So, we had uh, I'm not counting Hell of the Sequel Recovery, Relapse, Curtain Call, is the on, Encore. Uh, was Encore? I don't remember Encore, so I'm gonna just say, uh, but I'm, I'm gonna cut it off at of Encore. So that's 2004. And then he goes away for a while, and he comes back in 2009, right? Somewhere between 2004 and 2009, he got really into, like, Skylar Gray songs. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I guess he just liked this way that's, um, what's it called? Or, uh, what was, what was his song with Do- uh, Toto, or Toto, whatever her name was, is. I mean, Dido. Dido there we go. Yes, yeah, All right. So he, I guess he just really liked the way that sounded with her in the background. So he's just like, yo, I had to have that on every single album. Yeah, and this is like, <laughs> just stop. Like, and it's frustrating because I think I feel like him and Jay Z are in that they're in that rare musical space where like you guys have accomplished so much that at this point you don't need to chase hits or chase a number one single or try to make something to appeal to a crowd like you can literally just do whatever you want and people are going to check it and, out because you and are the beauty you are. of all that is we're no longer in the singles era of music like if you're a big enough name and you just drop a hot song you're going to get like a million people streaming it like five times and you're going to have a hit record regardless like right. jay cole's whole album gets to go in the top five 100 because people stream it so damn much all right so it's like like, I feel like M just, I think Alchemist is still signed to Shady Records. I don't know who these producers you're working with on Revival. I don't think Dre was on there at all. I hope Dre wasn't a part of that. But, um, well, just, just get with Alchemist and just, just rap. Uh, so it's Rick Rubin. Scott, Rick Rubin and Skylar Gray produced Walk on Water. <laughs> then you got two Mr. Porter tracks with Eminem. Eminem helping uh, um, Eminem does does Untouchable Mr. Porter, Batson, and Haney. I like Mr. Porter. Dr. Dre does 
remind me intro. Rick Rubin does remind me. Just Blaze for Like Home with Alicia Keys. Like, Hit Boy does Nowhere Fast with Kalani. Um, I mean, these are good producers, but I just... Like, I can just imagine them all just standing in the, the studio while I'm mean, telling him what they were telling them what he wants. <laughs> yeah, this, this, yeah. This dude, just, like, just rap. Nobody like, asked for a freaking Eminem album with, like, an Ed Sheeran feature on it. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> also, you don't need albums that are 19 tracks long. This isn't, this that, isn't the 90s true. anymore. Like, yeah, that was a task to sit through. Like, like and like I mean, to his credit, that two of the better songs I thought were at the end. It was like Castles and I forgot the other one. Um, they were like two decent at the end. But yeah, a lot of that album was a a task. Like Jay Z dropped a, a a a personal, revealing, self deprecating, like a to- like tone about his life currently, and it was thirty six minutes long. And, and ten right. songs long, like, and it was good. It was good, like, <laughs> it was, it was good. really good. Stop, like, ch- yeah. yeah. We don't need you to chase hits anymore. Like, don't do that. Just, like, just I'm rap. not even sure. Like, like, he's not even chasing hits in like 2018. He's chasing hits in like 2012 or something. Right. Like, like if he really wanted to trade, trade, chase a hit, he would just get like a trap drum beat. Like, just, just rap, dude. Just, just rap. Don't stop chasing hits. Just, just some bars. Give me a simple hook. Just, just rap. Clearly, you still have some good verses in you. You could give me a solid, like, 12-track album and just rap. And, but, yeah, that, 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 yeah, whatever. <laughs> Book of Rhyme's awesome, though. Not to get lost in the sauce of that one track. Um, the track wasn't bad. It's just Logic's verse bothered me. Eminem's verse was really good. I just took the Anderson Silva uh, shot personal. But Book, Book of Rhyme's awesome. I'll be reviewing that, hopefully sometime in the near future. But, um, that's about all for today's show. Um, so I guess before we leave, uh, parting shots and shout-outs. Um, didn't really write any down, but, um, I guess I will give a shout-out. Uh, shout-outs to the NBA playoffs, which has been pretty awesome as of late. Um, shout-outs to the Toronto Raptors for being the Toronto Raptors doing what they do in every postseason, uh, which is show up and choke. Um, LeBron James is literally just playing recreational basketball. <laughs> right. Like, LeBron is just making up shots as he goes. And they like he, might, he literally might as well just be playing with, like, your local, like, police officer and, <laughs> and like, the dude who owns the deli and stuff. Like, they're just all at the Y, and they just can't guard this one guy, and that's LeBron. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're about to get Toronto out here with the broom. Um, I'm really disappointed. Okay, no, all right, I do have a shot. Um, I have to throw a shot to um, the Philadelphia 76ers. I didn't watch a lot of the game because I was catching up on all the fights. Um, but I, I did catch. I caught like the end of the fourth quarter and I caught the overtime. And that overtime uh, was atrocious from Philly. Like there were so many terrible passes. It looked, everybody looked like they were lost. Like, it looked like nobody really knew what the game plan was. Lots of just lazy passes that were getting intercepted and ran the other way for, like, a, a point. 
it was bad. It it was And they still only like, lost by one bucket. <laughs> it's just like and I have to give Boston a lot of credit because that team is decimated with injuries and they're still out here scrapping for wins. Shout out to Brad Stevens. That dude's a really, really good coach. Um but Philly man, what were y'all doing in that overtime? That was terrible. Like that was really really bad this is kind of what happens when your team is led by a dude who plays like 30 games a season and you know a rookie yeah yeah all right people we are back made it to the very last (laughs) part of the episode and then my computer decided to just quit um so i hope it got uh my rant about philly but just in case it didn't uh my parting shot was to the Philadelphia 76ers for that awful overtime uh, for the Boston Celtics and I don't can't think of anybody else to shout out um, I, I guess uh, shout out some I'm really looking forward to LFA 40 headlined by Kevin Aguilar and Ton Lee I think that happens later this month so just throwing it out there that'll be a pretty fun fight I think you guys should watch so shout out to both of those guys um, but that's all I got uh Shouts to Isaac Dogbay, who's upset. Uh, was it Jesse Magdaleno? Uh, I think that was. Let me just check real quick. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yes. Um, back, uh, was it? This was last week, I think. God. Uh, it feels like forever ago. Um, upset him. I love it now. Around knockout. Um, yeah. Uh, recently, like, it feels like. There's been a lot of dudes who've been brought over from Africa to just kind of be like, I don't want to say like filler, but like the the dudes who are definitely not the A sides, you know what I mean? Hmm. But the, they have been like showing up and you know putting on a show every single time, or you know even in some cases, arguably winning world titles and stuff. Like he, um, who was the dude before this from Namibia? Um, but. Well, not important, but Isaac Dobay came in, 23 years old, knocked out Jesse Magdaleno uh, in the 11th round, got himself the WBO Super Bandweight title. Um, yeah, this, that was a really great fight. If you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, my other shout-out, Battle of the Nations, um, Night Fights. Hey. Night Fights, Night Fights, Night Fights, Night Fights. It's amazing. It's... 21 on 21, men, women with hatchets and swords and shields and those, like, a a mace-type thing. And they're just beating the crap out of each other again and again and again. And it's amazing. (laughs) And the USA gets bodied every time. Because the American (laughs) team is made up of history teachers and nerds. And the Ukrainian and Russian teams are made up of just dudes who are just down to fight. Yeah, they're about this life for real. <laughs> exactly. Like if they if they weren't in armor, they'd still be out there swinging hatches at each other. Right. <laughs> oh man, I think the one couple matches I watched, like I don't remember how to even they keep track of score, but Poland was killing us. <laughs> it was bad. It, it was bad. We need to get our night fighting program up to up to speed. Uh, like we've had thousands of years. Come on. Yeah. 
And I'm still waiting for the samurai fights. Still waiting for somebody to... How about that night fight setup where they were just like randomly outside? Wasn't it like raining? <laughs> it wasn't random, but it, it was amazing. Like, it, what was that? That was sword, uh, sword and buckle Buckner. I can't remember what the other word was. I know the the chicks love the knights, man. They were really hype in that crowd. I mean, it, 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 who doesn't love the knights? That's, you know, you want to wanna pull a number? Oh, it was arm dueling. That's what it was. Is that up on YouTube? Yep. All right. I'm going to try to, if I can remember, leave a link to that. You guys definitely check that out because it's literally night fighting. Like, like no, like, yeah, this is not, like, a joke. These are, like, grown adults <laughs> dressing up in legit, like, real night armor, like, I don't even know what any of it's called, but just like metal armor and just going out there with swords and hatchets and just hacking away each other. Between that and karate combat, I don't know what else you could really ask for in the world. Like, this, this, it's all here. <laughs> oh man. Any other, any other shout outs? Uh, I don't know. Travis Gambino, because again, music video was fucking amazing. I'm gonna watch that as soon as uh, as soon as we wrap up, which I guess uh will be now. But before we leave, I forgot to do plugs in the beginning. Um, as always, this podcast can be listened to on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and definitely leave a review. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, we can also be listened to on Google Play. You can send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. You, know, you can hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Serial Sensei. And uh, that's about it. Um, as I said before, though, you guys will get two episodes this week. I'm probably going to work on the finishing of this album review and record again right after I finish this. So more content's coming pretty much back to regularly scheduled programming. Um, and once again, always got to forget, shout out to the Tumblr fan base. You guys are awesome for always reposting uh the links and everything so love you guys appreciate it um but that's about all we got for today as always anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face we'll be there to talk about it and hopefully we catch you guys soon <laughs>